the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, into the uh, final day of this week, Friday on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got a full show today. A couple of major um, news stories about individuals. One death, one person uh, basically saying they're throwing in the towel. uh, And uh, people who are in the news industry will be keeping their eye on uh, the wire and uh, on uh, the family of uh, one person to see uh, when that person might pass on. So I'll give you all that in a moment. Uh, we got the folks in Brain Balance coming in at uh, 2.30 to 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, Tim Lim's going to drop by. We'll talk to the doctor for a while. We're going to talk some about freedom of speech. There's movement uh, about what might be going on on college campuses because they've been trying to shut. If you haven't noticed, uh, not only college campuses, uh, but uh, a lot of the uh, social media is really just trying to completely shut down any kind of conservative thought, anything. You write an article, it's conservative in nature, uh, they, they shadow it, uh, they blow you out of, uh, you know, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, I I saw there were 66 YouTube channels that were uh, shut down uh, today as well. We'll have Congressman French Hill on at uh, 4 o'clock until about 4.30. And then the Geek Squad's going to come on 4.30 until 6. We've got a lot of things to talk about with them. Uh, the Indiegogo campaign of Mitch Breitweiser is finished, and I want to give you all the great numbers about that. Fantastic job done by Mitch and by you. You've been so uh, involved in donating to it. And uh, I think today is the last day for Tim Lim's Indiegogo program as well. Well, let me get to first. uh, This person now will no longer seek medical treatment. That's Arizona Republican Senator John McCain, uh, who gave himself the self-styled maverick. Uh, and has served 30 years in Congress, is now admitting that he is discontinuing medical treatment for brain cancer. That released in a statement from the family today. The Vietnam War veteran who survived five years as a prisoner of war and went on to become his party's presidential nominee in 2008 was diagnosed last July with a brain tumor following a procedure earlier in the year to remove a blood clot from above his left eye. He's not voted since last December, and uh, and in today's statement, his family revealed how the disease has worsened. Quoting from uh, the release, last summer, Senator John McCain shared with Americans the news. Our family already knew he had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer, and the prognosis was serious in the years since. 
John has surpassed expert, uh, expectations for his survival, but the progress of disease and the advancing of age have rendered their verdict. They said with his usual strength of will, he is now chosen to discontinue medical treatment. Reaction poured in after the family's announcement. Uh, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey saying John McCain is an American hero, always putting his country before self. From Vietnam to the halls of the U.S. Senate, the spirit of service and civility that has guided Senator McCain's life stands as a model for all Americans regardless of political affiliation. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tweeted, Very sad to hear this morning's update from the family of our dear friend, Senator John McCain. We are so fortunate to call him our friend and colleague. John, Cindy, and the entire McCain family are in our prayers at this incredibly difficult hour. The Mayo Clinic Hospital in Phoenix last summer said that the original blood clot was associated with a primary brain tumor. McCain, 81, has served in the U.S. Senate for more than two decades, ran for president twice. He lost the uh, GOP nomination to George Bush in 2000 and was the Republican nominee in 08 before losing to Barack Obama in the general election. McCain was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for more than five years. Injuries from being tortured left him unable to lift his arms above his head. Last December, McCain returned to the Senate for the first time since his brain cancer diagnosis. He delivered a powerful remark on the Senate floor addressing the need for bipartisanship amid gridlock in the chamber. Quote, make no mistake, my service here is the most important job I've had in my life. I'm so grateful to the people of Arizona for the privilege, for the honor of serving here and the opportunities it gives me to play a small role in the history of the country I love. He acknowledged the senator saying uh, that he's known and admired, but uh, they knew that however sharp and heartfelt their disputes, however keen their ambitions, they had an obligation to work collaboratively to ensure the Senate discharged its constitution, uh, constitutional responsibilities effectively. McCain has crit- criticized the Senate's deliberations in the last year, calling them more partisan, more tribal than any time he remembered. McCain blamed both sides for the lack of cooperation. Earlier this year, McCain penned a memoir titled The Restless Wave, Good Times, Just Causes, Great Fights, and Other Appreciations, written by himself and uh, Mark Salter, who had collaborated with McCain on all seven of his other books. Quote, I don't know how much longer I'll be here. Maybe I'll have another five years. Maybe with the advances in oncology, they'll find new treatments for my cancer that will extend my life. Maybe I'll be gone before you read this. My predicament is, well, rather unpredictable. But I'm prepared for either contingency or at least I'm getting prepared. I have some things I'd like to take care of first, some work that needs finishing and some people I need to see, and I want to talk to my fellow Americans a little more, if I may. 
McCain, who has repeatedly been at odds with President Trump, criticized his rhetoric and leadership, said this year that he doesn't want the president to attend his funeral and prefers to Vice President Pence be there instead. Last week, Trump signed a $716 billion defense policy bill titled the John S. McCain National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2019, though he did not mention the senator. So uh, John McCain, I think, is telling us all, doesn't have much longer to live, and that um, he is preparing for his death. All right, when we come back, uh, we've got us uh, in a problem, uh, a, a, a situation uh, that uh, a very famous individual has passed away, somebody at I watched on television all the time. I'll tell you who that is in in just a moment when we come back. Fresh vegetables and fruits right off the farm. You can't get any better than that. And Holland Bottom Farm is at top is at the top of their game at uh, Highway 321 out in uh, Cabot. They're open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. They are closed on Sundays. Here's what they've got on their uh, their stand right now. Uh, they got watermelons still and cantaloupes, okra, tomatoes, jalapeno peppers, sweet lunchbox peppers, red, yellow, orange, and green bell peppers, cayenne peppers, and yellow squash. And Holland Bottom Farms has delicious peaches, blackberries, and Robin Hood honey. Now, these, uh, this honey is taken from the hives that are located right out on the farm. And if you know much about honey, you know that uh, if the bees are getting their pollen from an area close to where you live, that's the best kind of honey for you to eat to help you uh, with your uh, allergies. Eat healthy with the folks at Holland Bottom Farm. They're ready to serve you. Again, they're in Cabot off Highway 321. They're open Monday through Saturday from 9 in the morning till 6 p.m. and now are closed on Sunday. All right, back, and uh, we have had another celebrity death. I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, Robin Leach, the veteran entertainment journalist best known for his work on TV's The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, uh, died early this morning. He was 76 years old. Leach had been hospitalized since Back in November uh, of last year, after he suffered a stroke in Cabo San Lucas, that according to the Las Vegas Review Journal, with, uh, where Leach was working as a celebrity columnist for them, uh, and uh, here's the uh, the text that went out on it. Sad to report the death of famed celeb reporter, friend, and colleague Robin Leach at 1:50 a.m. in Las Vegas. He would have been 77 this coming Wednesday. He suffered a second stroke Monday. He was in hospice care. He'd been hospitalized since November 21st after suffering a stroke in Cabo San Lucas, announced columnist John Katsometis on Twitter. Despite the past 10 months, what a beautiful life he had. Our dad, Grandpa, Brother, uncle, and friend Robin Leach passed away peacefully uh, last night 
said the family in a statement. Everyone's support and love over the past almost one year has been incredible, and we are so grateful memorial arrangements to follow. Leach had joined the Las Vegas Review Journal in 2016 as an entertainment columnist to beef up the newspaper's celebrity and lifestyle coverage across all platforms. Quote, I looked at it as a challenge. It's another opportunity to make something out of thin air. I'll work as many hours as necessary. I've never shied away from hard work, Leach told the Hollywood reporter at the time of his hopes about making an impact on new media. Quote, when there is an opportunity to do better at what you've been doing with new tools at your disposal, that becomes really, really exciting. The London native gave viewers a glimpse of those with champagne wishes and caviar dreams with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which aired in syndication from 1984 to 1995. The more eye-popping and outrageous, the better, Leach told Askman.com in 2007. We wanted to make your mouth drop. That was the main effect. One picture was worth a thousand words, so if you had more pictures, the less you would have to say. He also was an early investor in the Food Network. Born on August 29th in 1941, he wrote for the Harrow Observer while he was attending the Harrow County School for Boys, earning $6 a week at the newspaper after he graduated. He went on to become the youngest editor at London's Daily Mail at 18, wrote for the New York Daily News, Ladies Home Journal, People, and The Star after moving to the U.S. in 1963. Quote, I wanted no other job than to work in newspapers, he told the Las Vegas Sun in 2011. I was fascinated by the process of collecting information talking to people, and having the story appear in a paper that would be delivered to your letterbox. After appearing on CNN and helping to launch the syndicated Entertainment Tonight news show, Leach co-created Lifestyles with producer Al Massini. The program helped usher in the era of celebrity-focused reality series and culture. Leach parlayed his fame into appearances in such films as she-Devil and Free Money, and on TV programs like Hotel and A Perry Mason Mystery, The Case of the Lethal Lifestyle. And uh, Robin Leach, dead at 76 years old, did a lot uh, in the, the world of media. Now, I can tell you, I used to not want to miss any of his specials. It was great. He really was able to dig into what... Uh, uh, the famous were up to what they were doing. I, re- I remember one of the uh, famous shows that he did is uh, going out and literally spending uh, a few weeks in a row uh, out in Vegas and uh, reporting on like Wayne Newton and what their houses were like and Liberace at the time and all the rest. And it was just amazing to me as you watch those different shows of uh, how crazy these people lived and how opulent some of the uh, places that they lived. Um, They spared no expense in, you know, decking out their bedrooms and their living rooms 
I remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Liberace that had like five uh, grand pianos in his home, uh, all, you know, in his bedroom. Uh, there was, uh, you know, two in his living room. It was really amazing how many uh, pianos he had. And they weren't just typical pianos. They were, you know, ostentatious. And uh, that kind of went along with, you know, Liberace's whole lifestyle. For you who don't know who Liberace was, you probably should do a little history. Keep up on culture. Those people were important. Liberace helped people like Lady Gaga have the the, the, the shows that they have now. Like Madonna helped Lady Gaga and others. But, uh, yeah, it's got to know a little bit of history to know what, uh, what uh, has been going on as far as all of that goes. All right, Annie's going to be joining us here uh, in the next half hour, and we're going to be talking to her about brain balance. That's coming up uh, for the show. Uh, then Tim Lim, Dr. Tim Lim, will be with us at uh, a little after 3. We'll talk to him about some of the changes going on uh, on college campuses, perhaps, uh, dealing with uh, the First Amendment. A lot of attacks on conservative speakers uh you know, at a lot of college campuses, and you may be thinking, well, that's only happened out of Berkeley and places like that. No, happening right here in uh, Arkansas as well. ASU was involved in shutting down uh, conservative speech earlier this year. Um, were several of us working with uh, elected officials to make it, you know, illegal to have places called safe spaces or even things like that where you can't talk about certain things unless you're on certain parts of the college campuses most ridiculous stuff i've ever heard all right so we'll be back we got a lot more coming your way don't forget about all the changes going on over at horton's orthotics and prosthetics they uh, have taken their original location on 12th street they have demoed it they're adding uh, additional floor space to it and they're making it a state-of-the-art uh, facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. They've got a printer now there that they're going to be able to print out prosthesis uh, instead of just making uh, uh, a mold and, and to have to go in and, and make changes to it and all kinds of stuff because, they, you know, a mold is kind of a, I'll show you, an imperfect way of doing it. This new printer, you'll actually make a computerized uh, mold, you know, best way or cover of uh, the prosthetic. It'll be a 100% uh, perfect copy. Then they'll print it, and then people will wear it, and they won't have a lot of the problems they have with prosthetics that they have now. Got a new gate room going in, large new waiting room. And it's all because Horton's prides itself on taking great care of their patients. So remember, six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock. Then there's North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy as well. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. we got news coming your way. Let's catch up for 60 seconds with what's happening in the world and then we'll return for more here on the show. All right, Annie's here today. We're going to talk about brain balance, a lot of things to talk about, because you consider we just got school started again, and uh, some of you are already maybe seeing some problems on the horizon. So let's just start off with you talking, uh, uh, Annie. Uh, there's probably some things that you can pick up from children 
that they're having problems because as school gets closer to starting or has started now, they start showing a lot of anxiety and things of that nature, correct? Correct. Um, So again, I wanted to start out with thanking you for thanking Dave for getting me back here so I can talk to my parents a little bit more about the struggles, uh, some of the struggles that parents are facing with as the new school year started. Um, I wanted to focus today about homework. You know, we just started school in uh, second week of school, I believe. Kids are coming, starting to come back with a lot of homework. And um, for our kids who are struggling, um, you know, in organizational skills or some of our children with or without diagnosis, if they have, you know, any processing disorders or some some of our kids have diagnoses of ADD, ADHD or, or, you know, with or without diagnosis, if they're struggling in organization, um, struggling to complete their homework in an organized and timely fashion. So... um, Many of parents, they, many parents, they complain that their child struggles with even the simplest homework tasks, and that study time is a is a nightly battle that can take hours. So, as the school year begins to wind down, and you know the weather gets warmer, exhausted kids who are looking forward, um, you know, to come home after school, they struggle even more when they have homework. Uh, there are meltdowns. Well, multiple factors can contribute to your child's homework struggles. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, how I, we can identify, we're going to identify some of the factors that contribute to the struggle and then um, want to dedicate this time today to see if I can give some tips to my parents to what they can do. Yeah, we want them to, to be <laughs> as little stressed as possible as well because this kind of stuff affects the whole family. Exactly. It's it's very stressful. It's the end of the day. Parents are tired. You know, children are tired. And then parents are, dinner needs to be fed. You know, dogs need to be walked. Homework is there. So so what are some of the things that we can do on the homework end? Yeah, let's to talk about stress? that. Okay. So, um, I, you know, first, first of all, starting, I want to identify some of the factors that can um, affect children. Um, some of the roadblocks, some what do you call what you call homework roadblocks? So um, one um, sensory overload, or you can call it attention issues. If your child has ADHD or uh, sensory processing, then uh, you know what happens with that. That even normal sounds or movements, like a knock on the front door or a sibling playing nearby can inhibit their ability to complete homework. So you, you want to make sure that if you you have a child who is already struggling, has a quiet place to do their homework because okay. they're already struggling with being distracted. So you, you want to create a nice, comfortable environment that is not distracting so you to them. So you don't want them to be in the living room with the televisions on, right? No, no. So <laughs> when they're doing homework, since they're already struggling with organization, uh, make sure that there is a quite little corner for them. So to where they um, they can sit and they can do their work. Um, again, create an organizational structure. Make sure your child knows where to write his or her homework assignments each day. Uh, create a process for remembering necessary items. Um, uh, most of my children who have ADHD or organizational um, 
deficit you know uh, struggles uh, it helps to create a visual schedule for them you know because they struggle in memory uh, remembering directions okay you know, so multi-step instructions is a difficulty so uh, create a visual schedule at home with them so they have a they have a quite organized space there is a visual schedule with a task list that you do this you do this and they check out it's, you know in the beginning so right. unless they get used to it um, make sure that you uh, communicate with your child's teacher to see if she has any ideas he or she has any ideas for homework success um, if possible agree on a maximum time the child will spend on homework each night if your child excels at spelling for example but needs extra math practice um, then you ask your teacher uh, to help you tailor his homework assignments to better me- meet okay, his needs. Okay, understand. Um, and again, minimize distractions. Uh, make sure hunger is not an issue. So when your child comes back from school, make sure you provide a healthy snack. Um, make sure that your siblings are ready for a quiet time, even if they don't have any homework. Ensure that your child's uh, homework space is free of clutter and uh, it has all the items um, needed to complete the work. Um, some children need a break after school before they begin homework. So for younger kids, um, swinging is a great way to calm the nervous system and organize the senses. It provides vestibular input. So if, you know, if there is a swing set close, you know, in, in the backyard or if there is a little if a park, is park close by. or playground is close by, you know, the vestibular input, it calms the nervous system down. So that's good. If you can't get access because winter is coming, you know, to a park or anything, just make sure that they their act, you know, they can do some jumping jacks or jump on a mini trampoline at home because that provides vestibular input, but just some physical activity and a snack. So they're just a little, you know, rewired from the stress at school um screen time i mean i'm big on screen time um nowadays what's happening that even schools are using a lot of technology sure so there's a lot of ipad use at school now computerized so they get more than enough screen time at school now so when they come home um you know make sure that you minimize TV and all those things because, again, what they're doing is they're, again, disorganizing the nervous system and they're getting even more dysregulated. Especially screen time should not be allowed until homework is complete. We can use it as a reward that, okay, once your homework is complete, you're allowed 30 minutes of TV. Okay. You know, but make sure that their homework is complete first. Um, again, set a schedule. Let your child help you decide. I mean, sometimes when we involve kids in it then they become more empowered so let you know if possible let your child help you decide on a time each day that homework must be done Um, depending on any after school activity the schedule may change for different days of the week post the schedule to avoid any confusion later Um, children with the learning and behavioral disorders often need a parent nearby to help them stay focused on the task. So be available, you know, some, don't leave them in their quiet place and then go anywhere. Just make sure you're close by because, you know, if they get distracted, you can immediately um, get them uh, focused back. Be available for any questions. Let your child know that you're interested in um 
And again, you know, give your child some control. Allow children to choose which homework assignment to do first. Um, choose a new quiet workspace. Giving them some control can also ease their frustration. I'm thinking of other things that can help. Um, allow for breaks in movement. Kids with attention and sensory issues, uh, they may do best if they're allowed to stand, wiggle, and move while they study. They may also benefit from short bursts of studying. Um, you know, consider them. Consider using a timer to ensure that your child stays on schedule throughout work time or break time. So these are you know some of the things that um, we we do to relieve some stress. Um, and again, reward reward your child's success. Allow children who successfully complete their homework for a week to earn a special privilege. Reinforcement, positive sure. reinforcement, can never be outdated. So, you know. how do you do? You look at uh, a kid is in school for what six to eight hours six a day. Six to eight hours a day. So yeah. you know, I I never brought had my kids come home and do two hours of homework or whatever. I I ended up in arguments with teachers sometimes about that because if they're already doing six or eight hours, they shouldn't be doing. Eight or ten hours now total. I mean, they're going to get burned out. That's just going to happen. They're done. I mean, literally, I have two kids in in the school right now. I have a second grader and a first grader. And a second grader is getting enormous amounts of homework already. He's in second grade. So, In second grade. In second grade. Uh, By the time he comes back home, he's tired. He's exhausted. So he doesn't want to work anymore. Yeah. He, all he wants you know, to do is. I understand that. So you know it's, it, you know it's a system that I've organized for him. That okay, well you come home, you know go ahead and wash up, eat a snack, you know go play in the. Right now it's go play in the backyard. Yeah. For some time, just go play. You know you have your thirty forty minutes of free time, and then uh, we, you come back, and then we'll, we'll eat dinner. We'll eat dinner, and then he has his space. With a, I have a visual, you know, there's there's a list. Okay, we'll go there, and then you do these things. Once these things are all checked, then you can have your, you know, 30, uh, 30 minutes of iPad, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that, we'll take a bath, and we'll, you know, read a book and things. So it's you Rel- have to... Relax and get ready to roll down into bedtime. Right. You have to really structure that, especially, especially with children who are struggling, mm-hmm. and take that control, and then... Um, you know, again, uh, if you if you need any more assistance, if you need any professional help, um, if your child does have a learning or behavioral struggle that contributes to daily homework battles, um, I would like you to go look at the Brain Balance program. All right. So, what's the website? It's uh, brainbalancecenters.com. Okay, real easy. That's pretty easy. Not hard to find. Mm-mm. You got a phone number five zero one. 217-4073. That's 501-217-4073. They're located in the mall over on uh, Bowman and uh, in Markham, uh, right over there by Mardell's. You'll find them, and uh, they're, they're looking forward to talking to you. You can't start too early. You can start too late, but you can't start too early. So right. if, you, if you see that your child's having some problems, that's the time to strike on the nail. So 501-217-4073. Give them a call. Go over and visit with them. 
explain to the folks at uh, Brain Balance some of the problems that are being encountered and see what they uh, they uh, want to talk to you about with your child. They have a whole testing process that they go through. We'll come back, talk more with Annie here on the Dave Ellswick Show, but we've got to get a break in. We've got to pay some bills. Let's do that right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so remember the phone number for Brain Balance. It's 501-217-4073. Someone will take your call. You can set up an appointment, go over and visit the facility, talk to uh, the folks that work there. Uh, tell them some of the problems that you're having with your child. You can talk about problems that it causes for the family even, because we're going to talk about that here in the last segment of uh, my time with Annie today. The location is 12111 West Markham, Suite 440. And it's over in West Little Rock. It's at the corner of uh, Bowman and, of course, Markham, it's where David's Burgers is over on across the street from where they're at. And uh, they're by El Portone and, and uh, Mardell's. You can find them. They're right there in the, in the mall. So let's go back, Annie, and we've, we've talked a lot about the individual child. What about the family itself? It, if you have a child that's having and struggling with homework, it can be a real problem for the family as a corporate unit as well. Are there some things you can suggest to them to kind of keep things maybe under control? Well, you know, Dave, it all starts with a mindset and understanding. So it's frustrating for the children who have any learning struggles or, you know, with or without di- any diagnosis, if they're struggling right. with, with homework, it's very frustrating for parents to see their child struggling so much. They're tired. Uh, one of the things that, you know, a child cannot express their frustration other than avoiding doing task avoidance or, you know, breaking apart. Um, that's a child's way of acting things out. I want my parents to understand, um, especially um that you know the that understand that your children with learning dis, uh, difficulties doing homework after coming back from a long day of school it's like it's like running another marathon you know they're they're tired they're exhausted their brain is already exhausted so one of the things i want my parents to do is take a deep breath first yeah. of all you know because it's it's not easy for children who are struggling these children they're not lazy you know they're not they're not kids um, who are trying to avoid things or who are showing behaviors your child may be very anxious or frustrated your child may actually be having an organic um issue you know at 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 the neurological level to where they're, they're not able to sit still they're not able to um you know they're, they're not able to uh, focus. They're not able to put everything together. Their visual system, their auditory system, it may not be working in conjunction the way it's supposed to be. They're already exhausted. So understand understand that it's not a behavior targeted towards you, first of all. And, you know, when you, when you, when you start to look at your child in a different way, and start think about it, sometimes even that helps. Every little thing helps. So... Start with that. Give have a snack yourself with your child. 
take a snack you know sit down with your child how was your day have a snack once you hit homework time um again some of the things that i was mentioning earlier give them a quiet space which has absolutely no distractions no tvs running in the background no little siblings are running around give them a quiet space and have a plan ready for them you know which which subject do you want to do first you know mm-hmm. we're going to do 20 minutes of this 30 based on how much homework they get each grade level is different so have a homework plan already set out for your children so you have already created a structure you're controlling now you're just you're ready before they come make sure that you're prepared before they come home you know you're prepared you have a structure set out you have you have your children go through that structure and then you have a behavior or you have some sort of a reinforcement system for them kids you know children they are looking for immediate gratification they want something immediately they want to be and once what your goal is to to immediately reinforce for a period of time until this new skill that you're teaching that turns into a habit right so in in acquisition anytime i'm teaching a new skill i'm teaching my child to follow a structure right you know i'm going to reinforce it daily and then i will reinf- reinforce it like i'll probably give an extra 30 hours of tv time or you know i'll give their favorite dessert that you know hey you did such a great job today you know you finished everything on time you know here you get to have this immediate gratification and then of course we don't want dependent on things to do work right. for all their life so then as these this structure is happening every day day by day consistency is the name of the game it's happening every day fade out those reinforcement so now you have a weekly reinforcer now you have a chart that you know every day you came in you finished this in 30 minutes then you went upstairs and you did your toothbrush and you took a bath you did all of this at the end of the week you get to watch your favorite movie you did everything you liked right you know you get you know whatever whatever is whatever reinforcers are appropriate for your family that you want like to give your child you know but and then eventually it's going to turn into you know and again you know if your children are really truly struggling organically i really suggest that you contact the brain balance centers so if they are really having some issues we can handle them uh we can you know treat that at the center as we guide you <coughs> to set up that structure at home and reduce the anxiety okay we're down to just a few moments left here let's uh give them that phone number again sure it's um 501-217-4073. 501-217-4073. That'll get you right to brain balance. Uh, to find them on the web, it is, what is the website? Uh, it would, it's simple, brainbalancecenters.com. Okay. Just go to brainbalancecenters.com. You'll find uh, the location of the uh, Little Rock one. Uh, contact them there. Make a time that you can go in and you can find out what's the way you can solve the problem for your child. 12111 West Markham Road, Suite 440 in Little Rock. That's the corner of Bowman and Markham. They're over right there in the mall. Just go over and visit with Annie and the crew there. They'll take good care of you. Annie, we'll do it again in the near future. Thank you for coming by. And uh, we've got news coming your way. 
and then we'll be back. All right, so you don't have we don't have to worry about having any ID requirements to vote or anything. Uh, Nineteen foreign nationals charged with illegal voting during 2016 election. Names of non-U.S. citizens are increasingly found on voter rolls. Uh, seems like to me, just makes common sense that if you got to have an ID to have a beer, you got to show your ID to get on a plane. Uh, you got to have an ID to be able to get a driver's license. That to be able to go in and cast a vote. Uh, in our republic, you should have an ID to prove who you are. Yeah, you'd think that'd be common sense. It right does seem like it should be common sense, but that's not what I'm hearing that. And I'm I'm seeing crazy, crazy stuff anymore about how they're doing all of the things that they're doing out there. Uh, Is this guy in the room with you have an ID on him? Yeah, he does. Okay, I know. I know. It's you know. Everybody knows Doctor Tim Lim's voice by now. He's been on the show a million times. I'm messing with you, Tim. Maybe yeah, a, I know. Maybe a million and one, uh, or maybe a million and two. Okay, uh-huh. it's something like that. <laughs> but he comes in, and and a lot of people, you know, you all know him because he does so much uh, dealing in in comic books and stuff like that. And we're going to talk about that stuff later on the show today. But he's very astute when it comes to politics. I try to be. You're a political junkie like the rest of us. Yeah, I actually I had to rush over here because I was actually on a political um, YouTube channel about an hour ago, and I spent 45 minutes with him, and I told him I got to go, and I rushed over here. And here's what's interesting is that YouTube announced today they threw 66 people off of YouTube today. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't looked at who they've thrown off, but, you know, something tells me people with probably conservative views for the most part that are being told they can't be on YouTube anymore. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if, if someone wants to correct me or correct us and just and tell us of an example of a deplatformed person on the left who was not doing anything incendiary, I'd love, I'd love to hear it because you do have people, for example, a few weeks ago we were talking about Alex Jones, and he said some controversial things. But as far as his um, – he has never had like a cult of violence or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's not what I would call consider to be any form of bomb throwing, literal or figurative. Um, I would like to hear of an example of a prominent person on the left who has gotten deplatformed. Have the Young Turks been deplatformed? I consider them to wow. be. Wow. I, I consider them to be kind of the polar opposite of think Alex about Jones. That. Think, not only have they never been deplatformed. But they were at the Republican National Convention. That's right, because they were right across. They were right across from us. Dude and, and Alex, Alex came by yeah, and Alex started Jones a war stopped, with them. Stopped in to talk to them, and they had a war right there in front of us. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I think it's that's one of those those greatest moments in history in uh, conservative political history that will go down. I mean, I've seen the replay of that several times. Yeah, it was. It's it's really crazy. Some of the stuff that goes on, but. It's funny to me because it was back in the '60s. It was the right, you know, fighting to keep the left from having uh, the ability to say what they wanted to say and to and to publish the things that they wanted to publish, to film what they wanted to film. And now it's a 180. It yeah. is a complete. The left is the one now who have become the 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 you know the the movers of of censorship uh, in our country. Well, it's what's interesting about it is I kind of equate that to, let's say, the feminist movement. Um, I think a, a lot of people, especially growing up, they equated 
feminism with, say, like the suffragette movement, um, simple things such as the right to vote and being able to achieve those things. And then what happened over time was I think feminism kind of transmogrified into this idea of not equality with other people, but seeing those people as having the levers of power and not only usurping it, um, but overcoming it so that we are now the people in control. We are the taskmasters. That which we railed against is now that which we are hoping to be. So we see you guys as the people who are the gatekeepers and the patriarchy, but we just we don't want to be on equal levels with you. We want to be the matriarchy. The same thing happens with the left. They complain about censorship and they complain about freedom of speech, but once they achieve that, they don't want to extend those same rights to other people so it it is a power play um as far as they're concerned it's all about power and influence yeah i i there was a an article big article today let me see if i can find it dealing with uh universities and the way i'm going to find this i'm going to have to kind of go back around on a i sent uh, the article to robert steinbach he and i talked back and forth during the course of 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 the week and in, of a day, and I sent him this. It says that uh, Supreme Court decisions may start curbing campus censorship. And a large article about it today, UC Berkeley conservative students are facing threats of violence now. It's, it's getting really crazy. But uh, here's, here's what it says. It says, recent First Amendment rulings by the Supreme Court could force courts and university administrators to take a closer look at controversial practices that have marginalized certain political views, often conservative ones, on campus. Free speech on campus has emerged as a hot debate in recent years amid a rash of speakers being disinvited, gosh, Dave, get it out, or <laughs> violently protested. These issues are often handled in-house, but now the court's would hold sway. And and I hate to see that. I I don't want the courts to to hold sway. I, well, we want to bring Ben Shapiro in. Well, let's go talk to the judge and see what he thinks about it. There shouldn't be any question about it. It's a First Amendment issue. It seems to me it's written and it's settled right there in black and white for us. Yeah, rules tend to be established whenever you have rule breakers. The, for example, like you and I, two people in the room, if we get along, then there is no need for a third-party arbiter because the two of us can can talk like rational people and we can settle differences that way. We don't need a referee to help us. And if you look at these institutions, the the problem that's going on right now is that they're so lawless in terms of what they're willing to uh, to enforce and what they're willing to overlook. That same thing with the Alex Jones thing. Um, big question is when do you have to get the referee to come in? And it's sad because we should be at a point in our society for all the talk that we have of current year and it being 2018, you would think that we'd, we would be civilized and rational enough to be able to hold conversations and debate without needing a referee to come in and do it. I would argue, though, that as far as the college system goes – um, I know people might not like to hear this, but don't get the courts involved. Let them fall. Let their tuition numbers drop. Let these people who are thinking about going to college look at their nonsense and opt out. Do something else like take an apprenticeship, blue-collar work, a trade job. I think that that's great, and the market will control for it. Um, and so as far as the the courts coming in and intervening and having a say in this, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I just think it's very disappointing that it's come to that point. 
Now, it says that, uh, quote, we should expect college campuses to truly be marketplaces of ideas where students learn to value free speech and open inquiry and take that lesson with them as they become the next generation of judges, legislators, teachers, and voters. According to Casey Maddox, Senior Fellow for Free Speech and uh, Toleration at the uh, Charles Koch Institute. One key ruling could be in the Janus versus American Federation of State, County, and uh, Municipal Employees. Now, a lot of people look at that and say, well, that just decided a person didn't have to pay, you know, their dues uh, if they were using it for political purposes. Well, there was more to it. Uh, It says it struck a direct blow to public employee unions by holding government workers don't have to pay certain fees to labor groups. But there was another part of this that had a free speech component that could have a ripple effect on campus. I did not know about this part of it. Most public universities require students to pay student activity fees. They've been doing that forever. That's correct. When I was going to college, they did that. And what they did with those activity fees when I was a student was they gave it to the student council to have control over it, and they brought in speakers and they brought in musical groups and things of that nature. Uh, It says that uh, this is to pay student activity fees, which in some cases support lopsided policies, according to a report by the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education, a group that we've had on my show quite often, FIRE, uh, a campus free speech legal group, the Supreme Court had rejected a 2000 challenge to such fees, determining that a school could require students to pay for the expression of views with which they disagree as long as the university doesn't engage in viewpoint discrimination when allocating the funds. However, the Janus decision more broadly prevents forcing one person to pay for someone else's political expression. Maddox argues schools may have to then take a close look at whether their student fees are used in a partisan way. Ironically, cracking down on these fees could free up student groups to bring more speakers onto campus in turn, representing a more diverse set of views. So at that point, the the administrations of public colleges are going to fall under more pressure to offer more views or face some legal repercussions. Yeah, apparently. Now, then that also opens that can of worms because a lot of times it's not necessarily liberal versus conservative. You also have the libertarians who are kind of everybody, everyone. You can even have flat earthers if they want to come in, which I think is interesting. I've always ever since I was in in college that has always been kind of a, a debate is who do you bring on and i said bring on the wackiest people like i i mean is is not the point of college as stated in the article to be a marketplace of ideas which means that you as a student are supposed to be trained as a rational person who can make your own mind and so you might hear these really weird ideas i, I heard a lot of them when i was in college i had to in a lot of cases in some cases i just wanted to hear it because i just wanted to kind of challenge what i thought because if if i'm confident that i'm 
believing the right thing, then I should be able to match it with what some wackadoodle is saying and be able to come out unscathed. Right. So, I, I mean, I think that's great. I think it's just they're going to have to deal with the plethora of people who are going to come out of the woodwork wanting a platform. Let them have it if that's going to be the case. Let them talk. Um, don't bar anyone just because you preemptively think that they're crazy. I mean, there's a lot of cases where I've heard some pretty crazy things and then I, I either – was persuaded or it kind of changed my opinion on one or two instances yeah but when you're when you're looking at college campuses and you've got uh the the science department says well we're not going to let x y or z come because they don't believe in global warming Mm -hmm. and it's getting that way oh yeah i mean i'm trying to think i think it was twitter that said that they're not going to let anybody be on that doesn't believe in global warming because it's settled science which it's, which it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Nowhere near. Yeah, and that's what I, I really find that interesting, that they're going to make the call and just say, well, people who do that will just shadow ban them. You know, they'll, they'll not be talking to anybody but themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll have their, you know, echo chamber of one. Right. <laughs> basically is what, it, what it's going to be. I mean, it's something, I mean, this is what Robert and I have been follow, uh, fighting for several years now, and we've gotten to the point that we figure that we're going to have to have some legislation to give people the ability to be able to speak freely. I mean, I can't believe there's so many uh, families sending their kids to Arkansas, uh, you know, colleges of higher learning, and I use that kind of loosely, where they have safe spaces. And, you know, you only get to sit one place and speak, and nobody really gets to hear you. It's kind right. of silly. Yeah. So our, um, I won't say his name on the air, but that one person that you know, you and I know, who works for one of the universities, he told me this. This is a true story. It happened the day after the election, November ninth, twenty sixteen. He came to work, and he works for the business department. And he said that he walked in and he looked in the lobby, and there were crayons and coloring books and like blocks. And he thought to himself, "Oh, they have like Lord a help us. they have like a daycare where it's like you know if you bring well, your kids that's, in, that's what it is. Except <laughs> the kids happen to be adults, exactly. And so he he goes up to work and he says, that's neat that you have the daycare.' And they said, "That's not the daycare. That's the safe space.' And he's like, "For what?" And they said, "You know what happened last night? Uh, you know they elected oh Trump president." And he's thinking to himself. This is the, the this is the business department. This is supposed to be one of the most prestigious places on campus that if there was nothing more concrete and sacrosanct in the world of secularism, it would be the almighty dollar and learning that. And here you have to have an adult daycare where you're literally using the same things that you use to placate kindergartners. This is ridiculous. Um but this is the this is the reality that we have, and this is what this is the sad thing is that is what we are teaching as normal for college students, people who should be adults, young adults, by the time they enter and by the time they leave. Um, it's I don't know, it, it's it's bizarre. It's it's very Twilight Zone ish when you get down to the root of it. I like that very Twilight Zone ish. I mean, <laughs> I understand that, but i'm just telling you over the last 20 years i've seen so many weird things in this country it's just blown my mind the states of missouri arizona virginia utah colorado and tennessee north carolina and wisconsin all passed free speech laws 
for college campuses in the last two years. Wow. Most of the laws prohibit limiting speech. Well, we're going to be another one come up next year. Most of the laws prohibit limiting speech to free speech zones and bars viewpoint discrimination. Uh, AAUP uh, made the statement, even if the current political environment poses significant problems for free speech, the view that the free exchange of exchange of ideas no longer occurs on campuses is grossly exaggerated, they say. Many of the most difficult issues surrounding free speech at present are about balancing un- unobstructed dialogue with the need to make all constituency on campus feel included. I, I, I hear that. It doesn't happen that often. That's BS. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, that uh, is the left lying to you. Yeah, and I think, so what's worse than having a person like Ben Shapiro and Coulter uh, basically um, harassed to the point where they can't even step foot on the campus. The, the one thing that I've seen that's disgusting is when they're already there giving a speech and then you have the hecklers come in and interrupt them while they're talking. That Which is a form of censorship. What is. And that, to me, is more disgusting than just stopping them outright. As, as, if you're stopping them outright, at least <laughs> you're not wasting their time. You're basically just saying you're not welcome here. That, to me, is less of an insult than welcoming there and not even letting them talk because you don't want to hear what they have to say. Or you don't want to hear or you want no one, no one to hear what they have to say. Right. So it's rude to the people around you because they want to hear these people talk. Yep. And you're the one who's uh, in the back yelling obscenities at them. Um, that's that to me is disgusting. I mean, and it's kind of like this. Uh, we've heard it before, like on radio this week, when you have like these um, um, groups invited to the White House for, let's say, uh, athletics. Yep. It doesn't matter if you don't like the president or not. If a, an adult respects the office of the presidency, if I if I received an award during the Obama administration and Obama asked me to go to the White House, you'd go. I would go. And I would be. I would be polite, and I can. I can have a civil discourse with someone I disagree with. All right, let's get a break in. Doctor Tim Lim is here. We're talking as I talk a lot about free speech. Don't forget about Arrow Plumbing. Arrow Plumbing's got the clean home guarantee. I like this one. So does my wife. They guarantee that their worker will clean up after themselves. Because you know when you do plumbing work, it can get a little dirty at times, and leave your home clean. And if they don't, well, Earl, who is the owner of Aero Plumbing, is going to send a professional cleaner to clean your entire home. That's just one of the guarantees. There's a whole lot more from Aero Plumbing going down to, you know, if you get a uh, you know a faucet, let's say, doesn't work the way it's supposed to, being replaced at no charge for you by Aero Plumbing about the way they dress, the way they're going to treat you when they're at your home. All of that is integral to the way Aero Plumbing does business. Find out more about them. Find out how you can contact them at aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aero Plumbing. All right, we've got news coming up here in a moment. Let me remind you that after the news at 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Congressman French Hill, and uh, we want to talk to him about the economy and a few other things like tariffs and how they're affecting Arkansas businesses and things of that nature. That's all coming up here in about a half an hour. 
Right now, though, we want to go and uh, catch up with the news, find out what's going on there, and then we'll come back, and Dr. Tim Lim and I will continue with our conversation. All right, back with you. My uh, special guest is uh, Dr. Tim Lim. He uh, stepped out for just a moment. He'll be right back with us. He has some new information about what's going on in the uh, world of big tech companies. They evidently uh, had a meeting here in the last uh, day and uh, talking about how they're going to protect uh, the, this uh, whole thing going on in the, the world of, of uh, you know, big tech information, Facebook and all that. They're going to protect our electoral uh, integrity. So that sounds a whole lot like if you're conservative and you uh, offer your views about something uh, you probably will be attacked while the liberal side will be not attacked. I mean, we we played that piece for you earlier this week uh, from the folks in the, titter, uh, the, the Twitter sphere and them talking about how uh, they admit to being completely left-leaning. But, of course, they allow conservatives to have their say. Uh, and then we start hearing about the different people that are being, sh- you know, sh- shadow banned uh, on this on this kind of stuff, and and it's really kind of irritating to be, uh, you know, for sure uh, that if you're on the right, they'll attack what you're doing. If you're on the left, well, that's the way they lean, so they don't see what you're saying as being. Uh, any problem to go out into the Twitter sphere or whatever. I, we played a, a piece on Monday uh, from the, the gentleman from Twitter admitting that they were left-leaning. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, and, and, and they were left-leaning, but, you know, they don't allow that to keep them from uh, the right from having their say. And that's just pure a lie. Yeah, <laughs> Was it this? I think it was the 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 bit with Hannity. I mean, he kind of did this verbal gymnastics yeah, thing. To, that's what I played on the air, right? Instead of just saying, he coached it and he phrased it in a way where, in the end, it was a whole bunch of nothing. Is what it, it boiled down to. And I think yep. I listened to that segment as soon as you got off the, uh, as soon as I I left and you were with Robert talking about that. Yeah, yeah. and then, and we played it and we listened to it and I stopped it several different times. And we kept saying to each other, well, what is he saying? Nothing. (laughs) And by the time we got to the end, he had taken – how long was that clip, uh, Russ? It was about three minutes long, wasn't it? Do you remember? It's about three minutes long. And by the time he was done talking, he had just spent – wasted three minutes of my life that I'll never get back. And didn't say anything that meant anything. Mm -hmm. Because he says, yeah, we're left-leaning, but – uh, we do this to make sure that we keep it from just being left-leaning. We want the people on the right to be heard, but being left-leaning, that can be a, a, a problem at times. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he said something to the effect of we all have biases and people on the left have biases, and the important thing is just being aware of our biases. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but being aware of your biases 
doesn't prevent you from acting in a biased way. And I think that's the answer that we wanted. (laughs) It was crazy. I I wish we still had it. I'd play it for you again so you could just pull your hair out. (laughs) You you really do. And the listeners, too. Yeah. Now, you said the big tech companies got together here the last couple of days. They did. Um, I was listening to Rush this morning, and he was talking about it. So apparently, um, let me think. I I think it was a um, a guy with Facebook, not not, – uh, Zuckerberg, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the Facebook guys, he had a conference call and he set up this meeting at Twitter's headquarters in Fran- in San Francisco with some uh, about a dozen guys, including people from Snapchat, YouTube, Google, uh, etc. And their whole meeting, which I think begins today, listen closely now, is uh, how to police their social media to combat interference in the 2018 midterm elections. And I told that to Dave off the air, and he had the same reaction that everyone else did. In other words, how do we silence conservatives from using our media as platforms? I mean, if you think about it, again, going back to Alex Jones, they had a concerted effort. They conspired about two and a half, three weeks ago to deplatform him. And we know this because it all happened overnight at the same time within hours of each other. They all dropped him at just about the exact same time. That's correct. And here they are. And this time they're just doing it openly. And if you listen to their language, again, it's kind of like listening to Jack Dorsey on Hannity on Monday. But it's the same lingo. It's this they're using they can't outright say uh, how do we meet to make sure that people don't talk about Trump during the 2018 midterm. So they have to phrase no, it a different how way. Do, how do we make sure that no one says anything positive about Trump? That's right. Yeah. Now they can talk all they want to negatively, right. but you may not talk in any way positively about him. Yeah, and so it's 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 Orwellian in the sense that you would think that there would be at least one big conservative voice in tech in in the upper echelons of it and there's there's simply not there is not you have uh, gab ai and i have been very vocal about gab i mean when they were first starting i actually could contact um uh, one of their head guys pretty easily and i just said this is buggy i mean if you're going to compete with twitter i think that's great but the problem is that no one has offered a true alternative one that matches the same services and the same usability that Twitter does. I mean, it's easy to say, well, we're the equivalent of Twitter. We're the rival. Yeah, but if you're yeah. not working in the same way, that's the problem that we as a culture have always have. Um, conservatives, frankly, have always lost sides of the culture war because we just can't meet them with the same quality of product that they put out. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but it's true. That's we why don't I- drop the big dollars that need to be dropped. Yes, exactly. And we don't focus our efforts where we f- where I feel like they need to be. You know, I've argued that point uh, when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. All right. There there are major conservative stars in Hollywood that if they want it, they could get their buddies and start their own, uh, you know, n- you know, movies, put up the money for them and get out there with conservative ideas. And they don't do it. No, of course not. <laughs> they don't do it. They don't want to spend their own money or anything. Now, part of that, I think, is a byproduct of conservatism. Um, your average uh, conservative 
we're too busy living life. <laughs> we're too busy. A, a lot of us do uh, blue collar work and we do things that involve actually interacting with people. And entertainment is the thing that you do when it's a, you come home from work and you're tired yeah. and you just want to sit back, relax and have a good time. But we're not actively involved in actually, you know, doing that type of thing. Whereas a lot of people on the left, uh, frankly, I think the reason why you have so many leftists in entertainment is because that's where they're good at. I mean, they're good at being entertainers and showmen. They're not very good at um, performing concrete functions that's either beneath them or just not something they're suitable for. So they end up invading that space, and then they become the arbiters of, of our entertainment. But that was not the case. In fact, I might be mistaken on this, but during like the, the time of Clark Gable, the majority of Hollywood was Republican. Yep. Um, and again, if you don't believe it, go look at like Dinesh D'Souza's um, uh, documentaries and his writings, there's this urban legend that's like, well, Republican back then meant something very different than it does now. No, it doesn't. It's, it's even though some aspects of the platform have changed, it's essentially been the same party. And so not too long ago, back in the, in the heyday of the golden age of Hollywood, most of your, um, most of your celebrities and people in Hollywood were conservative. Walt Disney, uh, who some would consider the great, one of the greatest American personalities of the 20th century. He was a Republican, too. Yeah, he was. And you look at the different things that were weaved into his movies, uh, and they're completely different than the movies that Disney produces now. Take, it, take for example, Fantasia. Fantasia ends with one of the most moving pieces of animation. It ends with the Ave Maria. That's, that was the conclusion of a Disney movie. I mean, heck, even for all the flack it gets, The Hunchback of Notre Dame was an overtly religious film. Um, and that wasn't even more than, oh my gosh, I'm feeling my age now. But that was back, I think, in 2002, maybe. So that wasn't, um, that was within our lifetimes. Um, that wasn't too long ago. And, you know, culture doesn't take that much to erode into, into a form of deviancy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go see a movie last night for that specific reason. Uh, it is uh, a new movie going out about the Muppet, Muppets. Yeah, like the murder movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go see it last night because I just decided I didn't need to be fed that kind of crap. Right. And it was funny because so I did. I think the last movie of that same caliber I watched was it was uh, called Sausage Party. Oh, it yeah. Was, yeah, and there were aspects of it that were funny, but in retrospect, I thought to myself, in the long term, how good is this for like our overall culture? Like, mm-hmm. I I would hope that this is not the path that uh, we take. And as far as I know, I don't think there's plans for anything like it because I don't think it did well numbers wise. Yeah, I think people are sick of it. But it's Seth Rogen, right? And Seth Rogen is an atheist Jew, right? Yeah, I mean that says it all for him, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where it's at. All right, a break. We'll come back and talk to you because I always go back to to the bright part, and that is that culture is upstream from politics. That's why culture is so important for us to be involved in. That's why I'm, you know, I I'm glad to be friends with Tim and with Mitch and and with uh, you know Sean uh, Shane Stacks and others who uh, have uh, done a lot in in the culture war. There's a lot to be said about the culture war because that's exactly what you're in. You're in it whether you want to be or not. You watch TV, you watch movies, you listen to music, you read books, you're in it. Yeah, 
And that's the most important thing is whether you like it or not. You're in it. They're going to put you in that category. They're going to pigeonhole you, <laughs> uh, uh, kicking and screaming, but they are. Yep, absolutely. Take a break. More coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. What did you, you just say? They're going to bring Bewitched back to television? It just hit dailywire.com. Bewitched gets a reboot at ABC with Samantha as a black single mom. Okay. I don't I don't get why they she gotta be single. I I don't have any problem with her color. I but why single? I don't know. <laughs> is, is that is that ABC's view of their viewership that that's what they want is single moms? Well it's kinda like uh, Golden Girls. Golden Girls is getting rebooted and they're all black. And okay. they just announced yesterday that uh right now the contender for the Little Mermaid for the the, re- the Disney remake is Zendaya. The, the black girl from the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Okay. I was having this discussion with a couple of my friends last night. Why is it that every time they do a race swap, why is it always something to black? And I think it's because when you look at a lot of these Hollywood producers, I think their their opinion of black people is so low that they feel that they're like the easiest group to pander to. And that's why you never have like a swap from white to Eskimo <laughs> or like Hispanic to uh, uh, Asian. Asian, you know, yeah. it's always to black. And, uh, it's, you know, so someone just sent that to me from the Daily Wire and they said it's predictable at this point. Like, uh, of course, that's going to happen. Well, I'm just surprised she's not a lesbian. Uh, don't don't. Uh, because that, yeah. could, that could be happening. It probably is know. happening. I would you know? not be surprised if it's in the book, if it's in the show, you know, a single mom. I mean, look, the. the they came out with this brand new show, I guess last year, nine one one. Did you see this no. about the fire department? Uh uh-uh. uh All right, so I was going to watch it because it looked pretty good. You know, I I liked the uh, the one that what was the one that they did back in the day um, about the fire department. What, what was that? What was that? Delta. I forget what it was Delta. Anyway, it was about fire, and I used to watch it all the time because when you think about it. What what you want to do is pick somebody who's doing some kind of job that has a lot of drama around it all the time. That's why an ER is a perfect place to go, or a police department is a perfect place to go, or the fire department, perfect place to go. EMTs, first, you know, they, you got all kinds of stories you can tell with that. But that, and that's why I turned on nine one one because they they showed about the girl trying to commit suicide and. The guy's there trying to help her, and she does commit suicide right there in front of him. You know, you don't see that on uh, too many shows. How do you deal when the person you're trying to help decides they don't want your help? You know? Right. So that was an interesting storyline. Uh, a baby that uh, a girl was uh, pregnant, and uh, she uh, she gave birth and was trying to hide her pregnancy, and flushed the, the fetus down the toilet and uh they they found the firefighters found it mm-hmm. cut the pipe out of the wall and were able to save the baby that was a very cool storyline however you move on in the show and goes goes home to one of the uh, a woman she's a police officer who works with the fire department and she and her husband are in the kitchen they're talking and they're just kind of, well, yeah, should we tell them now, blah, 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 and they're talking. And I'm thinking, okay, they're getting, somebody's getting divorced or whatever. No, it was the father looks at his kids and says, I've decided that I'm gay. 
And I turned the television off. Good for you. I was done. Good for you. I was. Done. I. It's like number one. Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. Why does it always? I always find it interesting that people who are gay will say, "I, I don't want to be identified with my sexuality," but the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, "I'm gay." Right. So my, you haven't met my friend Eric, but he has he has a very good statement that he says. He says if he first meets you, and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is information that only a census taker would be interested in, a census taker that doesn't make you an interesting person. Because right. for example, whenever you take a census, what do they ask you? Um, What's your race? How old are you? How much money do you make? What's your religious affiliation? These are things that are very superficial whenever you're trying to uh, conduct one of those things. For the most part, whenever I introduce myself to someone, I tell them my name. And then typically the next thing that people ask is, where, where are you from and what do you do? That's interesting because then people want to know. People have very interesting professions. But we've literally met people on campus who will say, like, I'm so-and-so and I'm gay. So? And, and it's like... So I'm I'm Tim and I'm straight. So what is who cares? Like yeah. why is that a big thing? Now the other thing people will say is they'll say, "Well, Dave, um, you're you mean to tell me that those can't make for storylines that you that there are no gay people? Well, one, that's a straw man argument. Too, I don't think it's so much that as how it's delivered. You have, for example, do you remember how? Um, you used to have back in the day these subliminal messages they would put in like movie screens where you'd be watching something and every like fifth frame it would be like. Go to the concession stand, oh, yeah. buy Coke, that type of thing. I feel like whenever they put that in your entertainment, that's the equivalent of it. Now, people are okay with advertisements, you know, for popcorn or Coke or whatever. But when you're shoehorning it into like these frames to try and subliminally get people to be down with that, no one likes that because they feel like you're trying to either brainwash them or you're trying to subvert their thinking. And that's exactly what it, what happens. Even with the CW shows. I got tired of watching like Arrow and The Flash because they were constantly putting a lot of this identity politics into their programming. No one wants that. Well, no. some people do, some odd people, but I don't. I don't see where it makes any difference to the character. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, seriously, the Arrow is driven by a guy that that stands for justice and uh, trying to do his best to make society better and he's a real good a really good uh, archer now why would i care where he wants to put his willy <laughs> exactly you know i want to know where he's going to put the arrow right not where he's going to put the willy i mean i just don't get it mm-hmm. i don't understand well i do get it i know what they're trying to do as i said that's the war you fight in culture war. Right. I mean, you, they're trying to convince you that because he's gay, a lot more people than what people are saying are gay. Even the even the most liberal estimates of numbers in the United States says that the LGBTQ community only represents 3% or less of the United States total population. And if you look at fiction, we, our, our friend has this really good term that he made up. He calls it the improbable lesbians. They show up more often than is statistically possible. And they're always beautiful. 
You ever notice that? They're always lipstick lesbians. Yeah, even um, in World of uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, that um, the canary, the blonde, <laughs> I, I see her and I'm like, you're not a lesbian. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's that's how they they show them all the time. I, I don't understand. Well, again, I do understand. I just wish they would stop it. That's what I wish they would do. All right, because you know what's going to happen? None of my grandkids are going to watch any of your shows, at least when they're at my house. Unless they make all of the entertainment have that stuff in it. Then you can't avoid it. Yeah. Then they're trying. All right. Be back. Uh, Congressman French Hill will be with us. And uh, Dr. Tim Lim and the Geek Squad will be here a little later. All right. Four o'clock. You're on your way home. You're starting your weekend. You lucky dog. (laughs) I still got another hour and a half. What can I say? Anyway, that's okay. I've got my friends coming in and visiting with me. We've got Congressman French Hill who stopped by. I can show you the emails and the texts that I've had with Carolyn about you calling in today. Hey, uh, and I, I thought I had he's to see here. You. I had he's to here. see. Why would he not come in? And then I started talking to Russ just a moment ago, and he looks at me and says, "He's here." <laughs> and you were sitting over in the other studio. I got to have a dose of Dave. I need face-to-face FaceTime. Well, it's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you come back home to see how people are doing. Give us your your view of Arkansas business and, and how's the state of Arkansas doing? You know, the state of the state is strong. I really – I'm not sure I've seen it like this in my – adult life since the 1990s and i'm not so sure it's not a little better and more broadly based than the 1990s walmart's earnings last week target's earnings last week uh, those companies are notoriously careful about earnings forecasts yes. careful about reporting they didn't have enough superlatives the guy from target i thought it was interesting he said it is the best economy he has ever seen yeah and i'm telling you these ceos are cynical people who have a tough business they're in tougher in tougher than making a profit in retail right with all the competition so uh four and a half up for walmart in sales i think six for target and the american consumer is out uh making investments helping their families, got more money in their pocket to spend than they did a year ago, thanks to, I think, our Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that spurred the economy. 4.1% growth last quarter. That's not a trend. But the trend that I like over the last 18 months is that we're at 3.1% run rate Mm -hmm. looking over the last 18 months compared to one8 of the past eight to ten years since the great recession during the obama years you didn't get the surge of economic performance like normally you would do out of a sharp recession during the president obama years i think because of high taxes high regulatory costs an anti-business attitude um hey a a fire will smolder if you throw wet blankets on top of it right and that's what he did that wet blanket economy is behind us, and we are seeing a better regulatory environment. You have the NFIB, National Federation of Independent Business, saying this is the best that their members – these are small businesses all over our country mm-hmm. – the best that their members have seen it since 1978. So, again, I think the state of the state is strong. I look at the the forecast of jobs in the 2nd Congressional District every month. I study that, and I compare it to July of 07. 
on purpose because that was sort of the peak right. uh, before the Great Recession. And you see great job growth, and particularly in Saline and Faulkner County, uh, but also in, in other pockets in the state, and it's good to see. So my question is, why do we hear how great our economy is? Because I've all the time that I've followed politics and been involved in politics, it's always been follow your pocketbook. If the economy is good, people love the president, people love the party in power, and I'm sitting here listening to all the doom sayers out there saying, oh, there's a tsunami blue wave coming, and I don't see it because of the economy. Why would you want to even get after the horse that's leading you through this and, and making it possible? I don't get it. Well, all I know is I spend a lot of time in the seven counties of the district talking to people in their places of business, their places of worship, at Rotary Club meetings and shopping places, and people see uh, more money in their pocket. They see better job opportunities, low unemployment, and they recognize that it's a combination of factors, and those are a better regulatory situation, a pro-business attitude among can we say federal policy? Trump, Trump on both of those? Yeah, and the the Trump administration working with the Republicans in Congress. Yeah. Scott, we didn't have a single Democratic vote for the tax cuts and tax reform effort, Dave. And let me tell you, uh, these were bipartisan ideas for 30 years to yes, reform the international tax system. And Democrats turned their back on that. I don't get it because they have constituents. It's like the person said, well, why don't we have more Democratic support to reform uh, overburdened regulations? Don't When they go to their Farm Bureau, when they visit with their community banks, when they talk to their hospital administrators, those people aren't talking about politics. They're talking about how the federal government's making their job harder to hire people, serve customers, serve patients. And I, I can't answer that question. It's when you let I guess, party override A, common sense, and B, the do-right rule of how to have a better economy. Well, as I listen to the other side, Schumer and Pelosi and the others uh, in power, Durbin and all the rest of them, I think they would be happy, and there's going to be a lot of people get upset with me on this, they'd be happy to destroy the republic if it meant they could take down Trump. Well, they they don't have any interest in supporting any positive policies coming out of this administration. And the best example of that is one that you've studied, you've advocated for, um, you've been a leading voice around. And what is that? The immigration policy. Yeah. Yeah. Border security. It's not rocket scientists what they need to do. 80% of Americans support reform, broken interior enforcement, broken border security, and have an equitable fix for these these dreamer kids and chuck schumer single-handedly shut that down in the face of two or three major compromise positions the president took. on oh, the president offered him we're going to let the dreamers stay but we're going to make a change so we don't have a whole bunch of dreamers in the future and what happened he said we're not going to talk about it we don't want nothing to do with it you know that's what i'm saying they'd rather see the republic fail than anything go with this president. So uh, what I've seen over the last 18 months is a better economy due yes. to proactive efforts made in regulatory policy, tax policy, 
human resources, labor policy, uh, community bank oversight. I've seen uh, a better VA accountability after in the first term I served in office. I heard all these efforts. How do we get more accountability in the Veterans Administration? And in the last 18 months of the Trump administration, we've signed three major reform bills into law that improve accountability at at the VA. Trump, let me tell you, uh, you know, he's a New York real estate developer who's full of beans and going down his checklist. But I watched him on VA. He brought the former VA chairman into the Oval Office for a one-hour work session. How do I improve the VA? Mm -hmm. Jeff Miller from Florida. He's retired from Congress now. Phil Rowe has that job now, medical doctor, an OB doctor, 70 years old from East Tennessee, great guy to chair the Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, President Trump asked him down to the Oval Office, how do we fix this? How do we make it better so we don't keep talking about it? That's what I think people wanted when they elected him, is somebody who thinks like that problem-solving, sort of business-oriented strategy. And Phil Rowe came back, and they passed a bipartisan bill. I know everybody wants bipartisan bills. Well, what's more bipartisan than helping our veterans? Nothing. And we've had these major bills pass uh, that contain funding. Some people are concerned about funding. Contain new power and authorization, all that lead to better accountability. So people ought to be saying, that's fantastic. That's what we've all been asking for for months, years. So – I see that. And then I see a change in foreign policy that on a bipartisan basis in the House and Senate, people have been asking for for years a different approach. Will it work? I guess the jury's out. We'll see. I like the president about his whole idea of free trade. He wants free trade. Yep. But he wants free trade. I mean, that's the thing that you got to hear from this president. He wants free trade. He doesn't want us to do free trade and the people that were having these uh, contractual agreements with on trade are saying, well, you know, you let in all of our cars and then your cars get to sit on the ship out in the bay while we wait before we let them come into our country. And then we're going to hit them with 25% tariffs. He wants fair and reciprocal trade, he says. I've had a lot of presidents say that. It's very hard to deliver. So he's taken that as, again, on his to-do list, and he's made some progress with Europe, and that's encouraging. And we need Europe on our side. We don't need to be fighting with the EU on trade. No. Why? Because together, along with Japan, we represent about 35% of two-way trade with China. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, the Chinese respect power. They respect leverage. They do want to be treated respectfully as a world power, which they are, and we should. But collectively, the United States and the EU can, uh, I believe, change this prohibitive, protectionist, mercantilistic, authoritarian approach to trade that the Chinese have had since they were admitted to the World Trade Organization back in 2001, which some people say was a mistake, and maybe in retrospect it was. They certainly have not liberalized. No, they have not. It's a business-oriented, mercantilistic export-oriented economy run by an authoritarian communist state. And I think the world thought they would continue to liberalize, potentially politically, um, certainly economically. And that hasn't happened. And so President Trump, again, like he has on North Korea, 
uh, certain other areas in the Middle East, the ISIS fight, Syria, Russia. He's taken a different approach than his predecessor. And I think it's a more activist approach, and it's a more let's focus on results approach instead of just kicking the can down the road. Yeah, it's a no BS approach is what it is, and that's his New York upbringing. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, finish up our conversation. Congressman French Hill is here in the studio. And, of course, uh, it's always a pleasure to have him to join us on the show, but it's always a bigger deal when he comes and sits down across and you can look at each other and you can talk about some of the issues that are affecting this great nation of ours and our great state of Arkansas. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's have our last few moments here for uh, Congressman French Hill. He'll be back on my show again, but uh, it'll be in Washington, D.C., I think it's on, if I think, uh, 4th, 5th, I think, and 3.30 in the afternoon, so keep that in mind. Look forward to having you up. I think it's 3.30 their time, so it's 2.30 our time. So anyway, I'll I'll keep you appraised of when that's going to be on. You and uh, and Senator Bozeman have worked, uh, you know, hand in glove together as far as uh, the, the situation in the VA. How's it going here in the state? I mean, we hear about it nationally. How's it going in the state? Well, look, we have uh, dedicated employees here in Little Rock at the uh, McClellan VA and up at Fort Roots. Uh, We have centers of excellence, as you know, in PTSD research and PTSD treatment up at Fort Roots. And up at Washington uh, County in Fayetteville, we have the VA regional facility there. And I think, in my view, the leaders there are attentive to the need of, of veterans, but we still struggle. With on the healthcare front, you read in the last month terminating a pathologist up at Fayetteville, and, mm-hmm. and and that should have never happened. But the good news was they were fired, and that's the accountability that's something that piece. hasn't happened in the past. And I will tell you, they stepped up. They immediately contacted Congressman Walmack, Senator Bozeman. We met as a delegation. They said they would go back and read every path screen of 30,000 instances wow back since he was hired which my memory i'm thinking was in 2006 and they stepped up and we're going to do it we're going to do it promptly and we'll make sure every family is handled in the right way but the to, you know we still struggle with that and and the appeals process in disability claims and that's why i've got these three full-time uh wonderful wounded warriors working for me on my team so I'm sorry that we have to keep doing that, but I would say it's better. And I think it's better because of these accountability measures on firing bad actors, supervising construction, uh, flexibility in the choice program. Senator Bozeman noted that in the choice program where a veteran who lives 40 miles away from a VA health facility can go to a private pay physician, the VA reimburses that private pay physician. Senator Bozeman noticed there was a $30 million account payable. Uh, And so in this bill signed by President Trump last month, those private physicians can now charge the VA interest on past due balances. And that's the kind of common sense, business-oriented reform that we've gotten done in this administration. Uh, And we got rid of the 40-mile rule and give, uh, I think, our, our vets a lot more flexibility there. Well, are, are we working into the into the the future of making it possible for vets maybe that the VA is 
is going to go the way of the dodo bird and we're going to let them go to whatever hospital they want to go to? I think there's going to be some migration over time. I find from talking to vets at big meetings and one-on-one, some want a devoted care only by the VA. Others really like the CHOICE program. I think you'll Mm -hmm. see more and more of a hybrid. But look, the VA has this expertise in battlefield injuries in orthopedic uh, care in uh, as we talked earlier about mental health care and PTSD health care. So I think the VA will always play a research role and a critical health care role. But I do think for general health and with a focus on convenience for our veterans that, you know, do you really need to wait forever for an optometrist appointment at the VA? You know? Yeah, so, six months. Right. That's where I think that we're going to let the system try to work better. And it's why – when you have a single-payer federal health care system, you get rationed care. And we want the best care we can for our veterans, but I think this CHOICE program gives them some optionality for something that's not catastrophic or not combat injury-related. Do you – I don't buy into – I saw a, a, a poll yesterday, in fact, that said that nearly 70% of voters – like the idea of Medicare for all. Now, I don't buy that. I don't believe it for a moment because I'm, look, I'm, you just look at me. I'm not on Medicare yet. I'm of the age I should be, but I kept my regular insurance here at the radio station. I'd rather not do government health insurance. I did that when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. I know what that's like. So, do you buy that? Do you think that 50. 57% of Republicans believe in Medicare for all? You know, I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't think so. Um, I don't think people know what Medicare for all means. That's, that's my that's, point. That's where you get into trouble with polling. I'll tell you, there are 100 members of the Democratic House that support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they support abolishing ICE. We had 133 members vote present. Uh, only 18 vote with the Republicans not to abolish ICE. I mean, uh Medicare for all, according to the estimates I've seen, will create a a Canadian single-payer system. You'll lose your private coverage, and the estimate is $32 trillion. trillion Yeah, because it ain't free. Congressman. Thank you. Great to be with you. Great that you came by. I'll see you up next month. All right, let's take a break. we got the news coming your way. Congressman is off and running to his his next uh, appointment. The Geek Squad joins us here on the air. All right, it's time now to kind of shift gears. We've talked serious stuff during the first half of the show today, a little bit more than the first half. Now it's time to move into the wonderful world of geekdom. And uh, I love talking about what's going on in the movies and what's going on in comics and what's going on in graphic novels. I guess it's more is it more apropos to say graphic novels now instead of just comics it kind of depends a graphic novel is when it's longer than around 22 pages and it's made to be of that length whereas you have trade paperbacks which is where you compile all the individual ones together so it's a bit of a semantic difference but comic books is just a good term for everything all right and for all my fellow cub fans out there cubs playing early today against the uh, reds and uh David Bodie gets us a walk-off in the bottom of the 10th inning. 
It went out of the ballpark. Cubs win 3-2. So that's good. And here he comes. Josh, I was just getting ready to text you and say, are you, are you coming? Did you get, get stuck out there in I-40 somewhere? Where are you staying at now? Fort Smith. Are you, I, I was I was I've worked in Little Rock today. So are you a nomad? Do you like stay somewhere different every time? He, I yeah, think he's I've a my couch Jeep. surfer. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, are, are you homeless? No. Okay, <laughs> I'm just, I live with, with a friend. Right now. Okay, I'm just being. I'm 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 be worried about you, man. Oh yeah. I don't think Josh is homeless. Mm-hmm. He seems to be living a good life. <laughs> yeah. I try. Way. This is these are. These contribute to my safe space. Okay, okay. So <laughs> let me let me turn back to Tim here and, and ask you: Wasn't there supposed to be? Weren't you going to be bringing in a new book today? No, not today. Not uh-uh. today. What I have, is it? Well, I have a new book that came out uh, two days ago. Okay. Yeah, Black Ops Volume Two yeah. came out, and that's the first that's the first appearance of the Red Rooster. Yeah, it, the Red Rooster. Yeah, I, I like that. Now this is. This is uh, the one that had that very cool cover that, yeah, on it with uh-huh. the, like the big mushroom cloud. The big mushroom cloud with the rabbit. And you didn't it. bring one here for me to see it? <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, we can. Ask, I think he's listening right now. We can ask Mitch. He got 50 copies yesterday, and I signed every single copy of it on Wednesday when we unboxed it. So, okay. Mitch, if you're listening, let's make a mental note and let's bring Dave a copy. So yeah, I just can, want to see it. I don't it. have any yet either. I'm not, I'm not worried Did about it. You, you didn't get your copy, Josh? No. Oh, my gosh. How, why didn't you get it? Were you at the store? Uh, yeah, but he it wasn't out. in my box. No, it's because he ran out. Oh, well, I asked yeah. for it to be in my box, but I never got it. No, so. no, what happened was Diamond, they shorted him on the mm-hmm. order. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising. Did you see nah. this brand new dog they got that's the, you know, the AI dog? Did yeah. Did you see how much it is? Yeah, two th- about $3,000. Yeah, yo. Okay, Stanley. Oh. A Pez Stanley. To, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need you to do me a favor there, Russ. Can you turn on the camera? <laughs> we got a picture of it here. That's really cool. So everybody can see I'm it. glad I found those finally. Funko okay, team somebody, up with Pez Somebody's calling in right yeah. now. The Pez dispenser. This is cool. Josh, do you still have one of those big the NECA box uh, Ninja Turtles to sell? Or did you give one away? Uh, From San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, for you all that are on I'm trying Facebook to remember. Live, there it is. There's a new. Uh, oh yeah, I, I remember I pre-sold one, and I had the die. I got the diorama set. And I'm like, ugh, because one of my 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 orders came in through this guy. I get imports through. It's like, ugh, Dragon Sword, Solo <laughs> Choga can Dragon Sword or a diorama. Diorama. Mm, uh, I need the Dragon Sword. Oh no, because yeah. I pre-ordered it. So you don't have any of the Ninja Turtle sets then? Uh, I just have I just have my own. Oh dang it! I was gonna pay you for an extra <laughs> if you had it, because you can only get them on eBay now. Yeah. So. All right, guess who's on the phone? Are you on your way over here? Yeah, I'm coming up university right now, but I wanted to call in before I forgot because I was listening in talking about Black Ops number two. Yeah. And I wasn't going to bring this up on air today, but since the subject has been broached, uh, at least one, if not more, of the local comic shops did not get their shipment in this this week like they were supposed to. Yeah, I think uh, so. Two of the shops for sure, they got some yeah. of the shipments in but they didn't get all of them so i i know that one of them is uh and michael tyranny he ordered x number but they only gave him like x minus 10 or whatever so uh right. he, he got well, he got rid of his there. copies pretty quickly uh, another shop uh like i said i'm not going to throw names around there unless they just want to call in they got none 
Oh. Like we got none. They got we got none of what we ordered. That's not good. No. Well, yeah. That's... So I just wanted, like, so I wasn't going to bring it up on air, but since Josh brought it up, okay. So now let I'm me gonna ask go, you. I'm going to go and throw it on there. Yeah. Is this is this big tech attacking you all because you, no. your comics are? I don't think it's, so. It's, it's just, just incompetence on the side of diamond <laughs> diamond distribution. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here's the deal. As long as we're talking about diamond, here in the '80s and '90s, uh, they shifted everything over to how they distribute comic books. Because used to, uh, it was more of a newsstand type operation, and whatever didn't sell, then the newsstands would send back to like DC or Marvel or whoever, and they had to eat those costs. And then they shifted more to this distribution system to where retailers buy the comic books from like DC and Marvel, but then if whatever inventory they don't sell, they're on the hook for. So that's why they do like back issues and stuff like that. So it's just, and and there's one company uh, that's basically a monopoly in the situation called Diamond. And if, if they don't do a good job getting the product moved around, or if the company and I'm not going to say Antarctic Press did anything wrong here. I'm just saying for the, 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 the purpose of discussion, Antarctic Press is publishing uh, Blackhawks. So either, A, for some reason they didn't print as many as they wanted to this week and they'll make it up, or, you know, Diamond goofed up is, is basically what happens. I mean, there's a business behind the scenes just like anything else. Okay. Well, they didn't print enough because yeah. Midtown is even sold out. Yeah, but Mid- Midtown yeah. sold out of that book on the first run, too, on Black Ops 1. Both issues are sold out at Midtown. Nice. So, I mean, if Midtown yeah. is sold out, that means there's not that many out there. Yeah. Well, good yeah, and bad, right. I mean. <laughs> People you know, are loving it. Up, yeah, just, and, and Dave, to follow up further on your question, now this is supposition on my part, but you might have some comic book companies that are letting their biases interfere with things, but it doesn't. From a business standpoint, it wouldn't make any sense for Diamond not to deliver comic books that are desired by the retailers, right? Uh, so, I mean, I guess you could get a rogue CEO that's like, I don't care how much money is involved. We ain't supporting them white supremacists that happen to be Asian, you know. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think... I, I don't think that's what's happening. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Get get right. get up to the seventh floor. We'll see you in a moment. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm parking right now. All right, right. We'll see. <laughs> Did you see that new book that's come out about the vice president? What they refer to him as no. a Christian supremacist. What in the world? <laughs> a Christian supremacist. It has no meaning other than the word supremacist. Show such a negative light on him. The the left likes to use these buzzwords all the time, and they do it because they don't have any content to their argument. So they just call you anything with phobe at the end, anything with ist at the end. Um, <laughs> it's just gotten to the point where it's all just parody. Yeah, it's hard to distinguish between what's a real argument and a real emotion and a real adjective versus something that people are making up. It's just crazy. I mean, I seriously, a Christian supremacist. And what's it, that lady's name, the black uh, chick that used to be on The Apprentice? Oh, Omarosa. Omarosa. 
She she went uh, to uh, she was talking to uh, USA Today and said, "Well, you don't want to impeach Trump because then Pence would be president, and you know, he says that he talks to God." And I'm like, "Lady, a lot of people do. I talk to God, yeah, and I hear back from him." Mm-hmm. Okay, I just it just amazes me. It just shows me how much those people are out of context with basic American virtue and values. Yeah, and she's not the first one. I think Joy Reid, no, I'm sorry, Joy Behar was the first one to yeah. make fun of of Pence because he talks to God. And it's funny because you talk to any person in quote-unquote flyover country or any red county in America, and you ask them, well, what do you think about people who talk to God? And they consider it normal. It doesn't matter if they're believers or not. They say, yeah. well— prayers talking to god and we assume that at least more well more than half the population still believes in the deity of some form so buddhists talk to a god shintos talk to multiple gods christians talk to god um i guess the jewish people talk to god so why is this new and why is it so limited to just christianity yeah well i'm just telling you because and, well, I don't, I don't want to get into a long theological discussion, but the bottom line is just because we tell you the truth. Sorry, just bottom <laughs> line about it. We tell you the truth. But haven't you ever talked to God, Russ? I know you're a believer. Haven't Haven't you ever had? I've had the Holy Spirit. It's like grab your tongue, son. Don't say that. I've done that in my show. I was going to say something and then was told not to say it. Now, if people want to think that's weird. Okay. I'm weird. Haven't you ever had God? You're going to say something to somebody, and you were told like, "No, don't say that." Plenty of times. Okay, I'm just saying. You know, it could just be me and Russ. I don't know. <laughs> and Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Oh, you said Mike. I talked to the Lord Pence. all the time. No, it was like Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, Mike Pence. <laughs> Sorry. What now? No, I pray to the Lord all the time. Yeah. Uh, you and know, he and answers back, doesn't he? He in more times than I care to admit. There you go. Sometimes he says no. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, and and like like a, like Josh and, and I, when he when he wants those tickets to see Stan Lee. Yeah, and he's like no, no. He's like no. He's, he's too old. Let him rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get a break in. Let me remind you about there's like 567 different ways claiming your social security benefits. Twenty seven and twenty. Eight rule 2728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. And the federal government's told our Social Security Administration they can't talk to you about how you can claim Social Security. That's pretty crazy. And it's probably the reason why as much as $10 billion a year in benefits go unclaimed. Uh, learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's uh, from, of course, David Lucas from the David Lucas Show. You hear it here at 10 and uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoons on Saturday on 101.1 FM. The uh, answer to get your free 2018 guide to Social Security, just be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. You're back. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, the horror thing over in, in September at the theater at Hot Springs. We were just talking about that with uh, Tamara Glenn, correct? 
that who you're talking about? Uh, I'm not sure who's who is it? Hall- either Cameron. this year. She was, in, she was in Hall- Halloween Five. Well, they do um, every year, and it's it's starting to it just syncs up with SpaCon now. About to have the third annual SpaCon, but they have the horror. It's more of a horror film festival yeah. than a convention. But uh, in I fact, spoke at yeah, it one year. Well, that's pretty neat. The, the guy I met the guys were at Little Rock Comic Con promoting. And they had uh, a truck with a one, you know, the movie crane that lifts the people up and down yep, with the seat yep. on it they for the camera. It, they had it over there one year. It well, that one you probably remember was Hitchcock's. They it's yeah. proven, confirmed, and somehow the one of the coordinators of this convention they've bought it, and and so they drive it around to cons, and they have a mannequin of, of Hitchcock. Hitchcock setting in the yeah. But yeah, it was proven to be used in at least one, if not more, of the Hitchcock movies. Well, so. I'm going to try, try is the operative word here, to hook up again with Tamara, because I used to have Tamara on quite often. But when the election came up between Hillary and Trump, she went off the reservation, folks. Well, like, like, yeah, you can go ahead and talk. You're, you're my, I mean, I'm, I'm talking well, about... Well, I turned my mic off to try to pop my drink. Oh, that's so. right. <laughs> you mean that beer you got? <laughs> no. <it's definitely, laughs> although, Heffy did say it was the, it's the, devil's, the devil's juice. juice. No, it's a monster. Devil. It's a monster. I, I was hurting for certain, so I hit the uh, vending machine downstairs. I got a monster mango loco. Hurting for certain. Yeah, but there's a lady out there that I guess evidently thinks that uh, the logo is 666 sort of in disguise or well, something anyway mm-hmm. i she just got she went off the deep end uh during the uh, the election i mean and she literally and you mean you mean you had a celebrity go off the deep end during and a, she went off a, the deep end i mean really off the deep end and i finally i just i just dropped her off of my yeah. one of three people all the time that i've ever been on facebook that i have blocked. Say, yeah. i had to say you just can't be on anymore mm-hmm. you're you're you've lost you've it. gone goofy and now she's been talking to me again and seems like she's caught down yeah stuck things back in her head again i'm, I'm a big believer in grace and second chances well, of course. And if somebody chills out or if somebody you know uh you know just move forward let you know water under the bridge move forward but yeah i've you know, I I'm pretty open to who I will interview or talk to, despite their political stuff. Yeah, but if they just get way too goofy, then you know I'll. Eh. Well, you start attacking yeah. me. You start yeah. attacking me. I can't believe you would do that. Blah blah blah. blah okay, blah, blah, well blah, now that's yeah. If they attack me I'm personally, going, I'm like, and I just uh, like Tamara, you've known me now for years. What right. you know? What is wrong with you? And she just you know. Well, you support. Trump and yada yada, yada. and I just said, well, yeah. maybe we shouldn't just talk anymore. I'm going to have to just drop you. Going to have to, going to have to show you uh, how the real world works. Yeah. And there's well, consequences. Show you for tough what you love. Say. Yeah. So I'll get a hold of her and see if she wants to come on and talk about it. Get her in here with the Geek Squad. Watch her just totally go nuts. Well, that you know, one of the things I like about Geek stuff is, for the most part, and I'm not talking about the stuff that's been going on in comics or this, that, the other that we've talked about several times on this show. But for the most part, the geeky world is an area where people can come together and enjoy each other's company yes. regardless of their political whatever. Now, it's getting harder here lately because so much of culture has gotten polarized. But, you know, I've got a friend that I've been friends with for 20-something years. And, uh, you know, as time gone has gone on, I've gotten much more conservative. 
He's and gotten he much more it. liberal. <laughs> and to the point where when one of the, the shootings happened, I think the one that that hog kid is trying to parlay into uh, fame. Parkland. Uh, you know, he, he, he said stuff like, no good man can own a gun. And I'm like, that's just such a... A silly. strange thing to say. It's a broad brush and statement. That, yeah, yeah, and it was, and that was like the most. That was probably the most uh, tame of the things he was saying. But the point I'm saying is, is but but yet I still geek out with him, and I even have him on my show because we we have a good geek dynamic. You know what I mean? So the the geekiness is the glue that's still holding that relationship together. So. Did I see that you had another new game that you were playing here over the last week or something? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I re- yeah, I think I posted another picture of of the Thanos rising oh, uh, at lunch this okay. week. Uh, me and my friend Zeb, we did a we we uh, did a two player team up on the Great Purple Jerk Face, but he defeated <laughs> us. So it's such a great game, a lot of fun. The Great Purple, the Great jerk Purple face. Jerk Face. Yes. <laughs> okay. And who is this? Uh, Thanos. Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Yeah, I could say something else. I could say something chin, but I'll call him uh, Purple Jerk Face. Prune Shin. <laughs> yeah, Prune Shin, to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what Star-Lord calls him. Grimace. It's something wrong. Uh, Grimace, yeah. yeah. No, he calls him something else on it about his Mary chin. Mary Poppins? No, no, no. that was uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He says, you look like Mary Poppins. And uh, he's that like, is he, yeah, he's like, is he yeah. cool? And he stops for a second. He goes... Hell yeah, he's cool. Yeah. And that was such a good family moment in Guardians, you know. Like Guardians, that both of those movies so far have been about that family dynamic. He might have been your father, but boy, he wasn't your daddy. He wasn't your daddy. <laughs> you even in space, okay. you can get a redneck stepdad. Okay, so yep. I've got a few moments. I got to talk about applied uh, research here in a moment, but you guys give me your thoughts about where this gun thing is going to go to because. Sounds like a lot of the people. Come on, James Gunn. Yeah. Okay. You know, it sounds like to me a lot of these actors and actresses that are in the movie. Do you are they going to continue doing it, or are they going to say recast it and see how well the movie does then? I'll hold my powder and let other people go first. So yeah, he's first of all, he's not coming back. They no, Disney not. Disney put out an official statement saying that's not going to happen. Batista can complain all he wants, but he's going to stick with it because of the money. So I think that's the only well, he's person also contra- contractually, contractually obligated. obligated to do another movie. Yeah. So I think a lot of it was just a bunch of virtue signaling. But uh, I would – I mean it would suck if Batista doesn't come back. But that's – the franchise can go on without him Okay. also in my opinion, even if they were able to cut that contract up. All right. So Star-Lord I think we're cool on. I think he, yeah, he's he, gonna he said, hey, he, look, I'm, I'm sorry to see that this happened, but it happened. So, Josh, what do you think? It's tough to tell. I mean, you can't. It's one of those. It's one of those. You know, you gotta. I, I mean, you can't really recast any of them without it really, really affecting the dynamic of all of them and their chemistry and everything. So, I don't. The only thing I can think of is just kill somebody off, you know, or yeah. have them go off on another quest somewhere and be like, okay, they're just thinking right now. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back after the news. We'll talk about this some more because I want to hear what Shane has to say. So he has something important to say. When he says he'll wait, that means he's got something important uh, to well, say. Well, I was actually just – I always running my yap, so I was trying to let other people you know, get a okay, chance. Well, but, well, yeah, I, I have something to say on it. We'll sure. be back, and we'll talk more 
as we continue here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Final hour of the show, just around the corner. All right, so we get to the final hour. Let me remind you that Applied Research still has openings for their clinical research study participants. If you want to be one of those folks, you got to get a hold of them and talk to them because each one of these studies has particular things you have to meet to be able to be in those studies. I suggest you go to arcarkansas.com. That's arcarkansas.com. You can look at every one of the uh, the studies. There's a little pull down that you can go to, and it is show you, you know, what you have to do, you know, like what age. Uh, do you have to have, like, diabetes to do uh, the diabetic study or how long have you had to have it if you're type 1 or a type 2, all of that. Uh, call them, 501-954-7822. Talk to them there, or my big suggestion is the website, ARC Arkansas, arcarkansas.com. All right, back with our guest, Tim Lim's here. Shane Stacks is here. You hear yes, him on am, Saturdays doing Shane Plays Radio at... Uh, He's on at 1 o'clock. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. <laughs> 105, Just making, yeah, the, making uh, sure. News and stuff. And then uh, Josh is here. Josh Heffington right is here. And we're glad to have him here via Fort Smith. We, uh, he's come in with a bunch of, Let me see the... Uh, the, the Star Trek thing. There. Do you want the tricorder? Yeah, check this out. Do you want the Do you want the proton pack? No, I don't need that. All right, right Timothy now. Lim does not approve because this is the uh, answer the call Ghostbusters Holtzman design that it, proton well, pack. No, that's the the female version. Right. Okay. So anyway, it gets it check gets it out now. Once so, for all <laughs> I'm my, sorry for all my Trekkie fans out there. Yes, I like that. Anyway, well, we used the tricorder to scan Tim, and we did verify that he's not a white supremacist with the tricorder. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He pointed it somewhere naughty. I didn't. <laughs> well, appreciate but that's that, got but... a con- high concentration of DNA. <laughs> but he, but he may be, he may be a uh, a Christian supremacist. Well, I guess he could. I well, you know what? If the liberals who are out to get him are being fair, I guess they could say he could identify. As whatever he wants, right? I identify as well, an Apache helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing at work uh, oh, a couple my. of days ago, you know, the uh, preference and name preference and all this other stuff. And I said, well, can can, can I identify as an emu? Sure. I, I want the coalition for emu advancement. Yeah. Okay. Which led to a discussion of the five most dangerous birds on the entire planet Earth, <laughs> which I'll look up here in a second. All right. Hey. One of them I've never heard of. All right. You were going to tell us your thoughts oh, oh, right. about James Gunn. It's funny. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was up at uh, Kapow Comics, actually. I dropped in Kapow. there. Because they're, they're right next to Imagine, where I play D&D uh, once a week. Uh, so I like to pop in. There's a dude over there. I can't remember his name, but he hides. He not Are hides. you sure he's a dude? He's a dude. Well, okay. he, I mean, I think he both identifies and appears to be a dude. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but he's just always fun to talk to. So I'll pop in there for a couple of minutes and chat with him. Um, and we, it was just weird. We just had this discussion yesterday, and there was another guy hanging around, and we all had this discussion talking about James Gunn. Just it came up, okay. yes, and we're talking about. James Gunn and how quickly corporations or whatever swoop. Will drop you like yeah, a hot it's, potato. Yeah, it's you're guilty before proven innocent. And before even 24 hours have gone by, before they've even had a chance to do an investigation on anything, 
they you know they'll they kick you out or whatever. So now in this case, I, I think James Gunn fairly quickly within a day or two had said, "Yeah, I did say those things. They were dumb. I was trying to be a comedian and I was saying outrageous things." Okay, so he admitted it. There was you know that I guess that's all the investigation you need. And he he said what his motivation was, but. To kind of go along with what uh, Tim was saying, I'm kind of more along Tim's opinion that he shared before the break over Josh's. I think the franchise can move on. And, and one of the things we talked about yesterday was if you're going to lose a character in the Guardians of the Galaxy dynamic for the movie version, Drax and Mantis are the probably the two characters you can lose, but yet still move forward with a pretty strong dynamic. Okay. Now I like Drax. I like Drax a lot. Uh, you know, and it, he provides great straight man comedy relief. Uh, you know, but his his mission in life, which was to destroy Thanos, you know. Uh, it, I think the first movie, you know, they really kind of played that up, and then then haven't done anything with it since then. Uh, but there, there is a good, great comedic dynamic to Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think that between Star Lord, especially with Chris Pat, Pratt playing Star Lord, Gamora, Groot, and Rocket Raccoon, I mean, the, in my opinion, those are the the core. And you could lose Drax or Mantis. Now, I wouldn't want to. And and you know, Josh, it could prove right because when you when you mess around with the chemistry of something, it could turn out that no, you know, Drax brings more to it than I think. Now, putting the creativity aside and going to the uh, the actual dynamic of it, one, I think Disney made a mistake letting James Gunn go because, and this encourages me, this is the first time I've seen one of these big corporations immediately react. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about yesterday. ABC and Roseanne. Yeah, ABC and Roseanne. And, and one of the opinions I shared, what, what really burns me is the people at Disney that boot? They don't care what he said. They really don't. Nobody is really bothered by this. There's like one person out there somewhere that's really bothered by these jokes that James Gunn did ten years ago, right? Or how how long ago was it? Like when Twitter when Twitter first started, he he put some bad jokes out there, and it was like 2007 or something. Well, here's the key, though. I think yep. that it was a person from the right that called him out because the left. Has been using this. Has been to, going after people like go, crazy. Everybody right. on the right just beating them to death about it. So turnarounds, fair play. Yeah. Well, I'd rather I'd rather nobody. Like I don't I don't want it to be a tactic I use against anybody, and I don't want anybody to use it as a tactic. And I think I hope I could be wrong, but I hope that society is starting to get kind of weary of it. There's I th- I'm seeing a slow turnaround on. Oh wait a minute, aren't we being just a little crazy here? I know I am. Yeah, I mean cuz right before I hit that post button, wait a minute, is this right. going to come back to haunt me yeah. 10 years later and like someone well, for some reason goes back and say, "Look, look at this you said. That was well, racist." Right. It's like we were actually French talking about I'm racist. glad I grew up when I did well, let me, let me there's tell you nothing there to find. Let me tell you something. If if people had a record on Twitter of stuff I did 20 years ago, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'll own up to stuff I said, but I, you know, I'm a different person. I've lived 20 years since then. I've changed. I've, you know, I've, I've done different things. I, you know, I'd be like, yeah, that was a horrible thing I said. I don't agree with that anymore. And, and, and I can see if James Gunn was trying to be a comedian, I can see him saying outrageous things because people invent a persona for a public persona to get a reaction when they're trying to be in the entertainment industry. 
Well, I think a, another big component of it is context. It's not so much that he told these jokes. It's that the prolific nature of them in regards to pedophilia and the company he kept, he was friends with a pedophile, like a real pedophile. Right. And so um, what, it, what it boils down to is like what Shane was saying was correct. When it comes down to it, these Disney execs, they don't really care about the content of the post themselves. But when you have this branding of pedophile attached right. to the Disney brand, oh, that's yeah. a no-no. You yeah, know? I mean, I can see them reacting, but I wish there would be a little bit more of common sense is like, since James Gunn has been involved with Marvel or Disney, has anything like that happened? I wouldn't you be know? surprised if people are investigating him. Well, and that leads to my next point. He could have said incredibly horrible things that deserve to be fired, mm-hmm. okay? Roseanne could have said incredibly horrible things that deserve to be fired. All of these Me Too hashtag things that fly around out there could be terrible, horrible things that deserve to be fired or prosecuted. What I don't like is the incredibly swift reaction before any investigation has been made. Now, and another reason why I'm saying I think maybe things are turning around a little bit now, I hope so anyway, not that people should be able to do outrageous or illegal or awful things and not suffer the consequences, but I want people to do a thorough thought process and investigation before they react is what I want, right? So uh, the guy, what's his, Chris, whatever, from Talking Dead on AMC? Hartwick, Hartwick. So in my opinion, whether they would have fired him or brought – now, they ultimately brought him back. But whether they would have fired him or brought him back, what I did like was AMC said, you know what? For, we're going to do a temporary. He's going to be off the air temporarily while we investigate. Then we will make a determination. And that's what I want to see, right? So if James Gunn turns out that he – no, he wasn't – he's really a pedophile and hanging out with pedophiles. Yeah, absolutely he needs to go. But it's it's when the next day, but it, before 24 hours have even passed, you know, James Gunn's out, Roseanne's out, uh, all this, you know um, – and, and even oh, what's what's his name Weinstein Weinberger Weinstein. Weinstein Weinstein I think he's as guilty as sin, but he deserves his day in court before the final judgment of everything is delivered. Well, and, and, and that's where I come down on it. Hollywood is just a cesspool. You saw what happened with right. Asia Argento. Now she's in the spotlight too because it turns out she paid hush yeah. money yeah. to a Have kid sex right. with a seventeen-year-old, which the law in California said you got to be eighteen. Yeah. And so when it comes down to it, when it comes down to Hollywood as the consumer, I'm thinking to myself that Hollywood is <laughs> – it is the entertainment swamp. And it's very hard at this point to find any pity for any of these people. I do like Chris Pratt. I think he is he is one of the last few truly decent men in Hollywood, uh, regardless of how I feel about his opinion. He knows he knows James Gunn on, a I, I think, a more personal level right. than any yep. of us would know. They've enjoyed working with him. And, right. And right. I, I'll be willing to support – him as an actor but i mean uh like i told dave i think i've been to less than two movies this whole year i'm just tired of hollywood you know well i you know and another thing that another dynamic to this james gunn thing is ever another reason i think it deserves revisiting now i don't think disney's going to reverse their decision because they're saving face right uh, they acted too swiftly and now they have to stick to their guns to save face okay that's what corporations do um but it's the first instance I can think of where somebody jumps up and points a finger and then because of the accusation, the ax comes down. And in every other instance, everybody else involved with the production 
or whatever has distanced themselves immediately. Yes, that does not. Re- but in this case, all of the actors kind of rallied around James Gunn. And that that to me indicates that maybe there's you know more maybe he's there's more to the story than we think. Well, but, and no, I don't think you don't so. Think so? I, well, I think, how many other? I think I mean, for the other actor for the other actors, uh, you know, if he if he had been a conservative, they would have jet, jettisoned him out into outer space like somebody from uh, extra from a Star Trek movie. Space Force, but you're seeing liberals. <laughs> space Force. But yeah. but you do see the occasional liberal come under fire. And their liberal cronies will throw them under the bus. I mean, Hollywood eats its ho, liberal politics and liberal entertainment will eat its own quicker than anything I've ever seen in my life. I've not seen them throw uh, Asia Argento under the bus yet. Mm-mm, not yet. Well, and then the and other she's thing she's lied is, her butt off. Um, James Gunn needs to just take his own medicine. After the Roseanne firing, he tweeted out and he said, "Well, you know, when you say things on Twitter, like sometimes right. you have to pay for the consequences." It's like. That's ironic. <laughs> but see, I, I guess I feel like I'm kind of in the minority here. Like, I don't want Roseanne, and I don't no, want I don't James want, Gunn, I don't want and any. I don't want Asia Argent. You know, I don't. I don't want these swift. No, I you know it's not swift for Asia Argento. Right. There's pictures. All well, right. e- even then, <laughs> okay. So let's 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 say Asia is one of the rare instances where this is cut and dry. How many other instances in the past year? I mean, twenty, right? That we could, I could that. The accusations made and the damage and the retribution and the decision is made purely on the accusation, and that that scares the heck out of me. I don't I don't like that kind of thing. No, no matter who I it don't is. either. But then yeah. you look at Polanski and some of the others who have gone for years and years and years and been called a great artist. Yeah, and you're you're a pedophile. Well, I'm not but, saying that but they Hollywood. Say, but the, yeah. the young ladies that he had sex with. Forgave him. Well, she can forgive him. But there's the still bottom the line. He's still <laughs> yeah. pedophile. Well, no, I'm not saying. I mean, I agree with with Tim that that I think the vast majority of elitist uh, liberal Hollywood and educational culture is a cesspit. Cesspit when it comes to morality. Mm. Well, yeah, they yeah. they've proven it. All right, let's take a break. Let me remind you that if you want a career working with a great company who is growing. They're looking for people who like to work with their hands, like to work outdoors, detail-oriented, and look no further than PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They're expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. Uh, go and build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. So, uh, you know, make a difference. Get on the wagon with piroofing.com. Climb your ladder to, to success with them and uh, just apply your resume to them at piroofing.com or call them 501-707-3551. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. We've got a couple of minutes before we get to the news. we got another half hour of geek talk. To talk, And we, sometimes it's serious. It's like this james gunn thing and i think that's a a topic to be uh, to be discussed but we're going to move on from it now heffy is was so taken by it that he started opening up all of his comic books that he brought with him to and he's reading them i'm building a safe space over here <laughs> safe space. he didn't have a uh, he didn't have a safe space that long ago when you uh when he was in two stalls in two separate 
cities with no toilet paper. Yeah. How yeah. does that happen? Yeah. yeah you, you want would, to tell that story? Go on. Move up on <laughs> the microphone. That was my luck. Bad luck, right? That was not having any luck <laughs> when you got all bad luck like Especially that. Especially when you're somebody like me and you don't have a gallbladder and nature, does, nature doesn't take call waiting. <laughs> You don't have a gallbladder? No. So what does that I mean what does way. that functionally mean? Like it means that you once you gotta go, you, you, it's got, you don't get any bile into your Yeah, uh, and, your and so basically, I mean you could just walk in the bathroom and not realize it's like, Oh, gotta go right now, gotta go right now, right now, you get out of my way. So yeah. what, I mean, how does that happen? Is that is that natural or is it like a surgery you had to take it out? Yeah, or? it was yeah, a, surgery. a surgery. So it's like getting your appendix removed or something? Yeah. Or? Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's if a that happened of, to me when I woke it's up, it's an I'm organ. Like, Mine talked to me as it was leaving. I bet it did. <laughs> Some Goodbye, really good Danny. stuff, Doc. If I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I, I, not to make light of your situation, but if if I, that happened to me when I woke up out of the anesthesia when the doc came in, I would say the gall. Yeah, you sir. That's right. The gall. The gall. I said. I said. What's wrong with me? What is this stuff? They said we had complications with surgery. So you've got some drainage tubes attached to you. Wow. Yeah. So without going into too much gory detail, how did you rectify that situation when you're in two Rectifies that a pun? But the second one. Nice. Got some comedians in here. I think I must have. Did you yell? Like did someone throw a roll into the stall or what happened? Well, one of them in the mall that time. Hold on. Do we need to put out a trigger alert? I banged that metal thing hard enough, and yeah. it actually popped out a spare, uh, nice. spare row. I'm like, oh, I'm saved, but I don't want you know, you don't, you don't tell the followers that because you want to. I wanted to keep yeah. everybody thinking like, oh my god, this really happened. But though the target, though, I mean, I had to get that. Uh, uh, what's that stuff? Paper towels, and that stuff's kind of rough. At least you had something. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's got wood grain in it. That's yeah. why you're not supposed to use that stuff to clean your you get, glasses. You get splinters, man. Yeah, you gotta be got, careful. Yeah, that's got wood stuff. grain. All right, let's get a break here. <laughs> I promise we won't talk it's any a good further about this here. Dave on, show. On the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. Then we'll come back, give you the last half hour of the show today. And the Geek Squad is here talking to you. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride. We've got about 25 minutes remaining. I need to remind you about Sonny's Auto Salvage. They've been one of our partners for several years now. RD has been part of my show uh, for many years now as well. I needed a small business owner on it, give a small business owner take on the economy and things of that nature, and RD has done a great job. He does a great job of running Sonny's Auto Salvage. You need a part for your car. Uh, you want to put it on your car. You got Let's say you got 300,000 miles like I do on my SUV. And, uh, you know, you, you got a failing uh, uh, transmission. You, know, you don't want to put a brand new one on. Just go and get one from one of his well-maintained total loss vehicles. Save about 50%. Get a three-year uh Parts and uh, and labor guarantee, warranty, and unlimited mileage, and you don't have nothing to worry about. Because over three more years, you can probably put another 100,000 miles on your car. Bottom line, use Sonny's Auto Salvage. If he doesn't have it, he's hooked up to thousands of other salvage yards, and he can get it. All you have to do is call 982-7451. 982-7451. Use who I use, Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right, back. Did they have toilet paper in the uh, 
bathroom uh, or did you have to bang on the thing yeah until or did you have released? to bang on the, the the wall between the stalls i did not have to pull um a heffy so. okay good a it's big okay. booty heffy as he's known on twitter yeah <laughs> big booty heffy. all right so, no wait on, yeah, i want to ask you yeah. heffy tell these guys the story about where you what you're doing this weekend oh i'm going to uh nashville this weekend for what see, see these things i collect they're called the loyal subjects yeah and they had a party in san diego but there's a really big fan that couldn't make it so they thought we don't do anything on the East Coast. Let's go to let's do Nashville. Cool. And they're calling because they call it this one the Fan Jam in San Diego, and this one's called the Bean Jam. But, the uh, Bean Jam. Yeah. Okay. So and, it's uh, all horror stuff, or was no? It they just, make a so horror is the current so one they I have see, out now. Here, let me see. I'm so like you, you know, you got have, these boxes of toys here. Yeah. is What we're looking at. They they're like miniature Funkos, kind of. They're more articulated. Yeah. Okay. yeah so, they're, they're action vinyls. So action with, vinyls. so with that, uh, you're kind of thinking they might have something special that you'll only get at this event they they may because uh the last one uh was actually a uh party exclusive you only got it if you went to the party and you did that yeah and it was a burnt freddy krueger and and I how much a, is that worth now on ebay over a hundred dollars there you go but also and we we did bingo we did some games and i want to uh they give away prototype figures and i got a, a lineup from thundercats bless you bless so you, that you is go. worth i looked on ebay and one similar to that has sold for over 500 well, but was it the thundercats roar lion no okay just saying um so yeah, they make that's thunder- a whole debacle we don't even want to get okay into, that's fine so more childhood being ruined. So they they also make uh, He Man and, and a coming and Mega Man Thundercats. What was his what was what, what was his main squeeze as a name? The female on on He Man on He Man. Uh, no, 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 she was no, no, no. a sister. Uh, there was Tila. Tila was Man at Arms' daughter. Okay, uh, and she loved He Man, but she kind of thought that uh, Adam was a. A wuss. A, a wuss. Yeah, because yeah. she okay. didn't know that he made She was Adam supposed to think he was a one wuss. The it's same. kind of like the Clark Kent thing going on. And so. then uh, later on in this year, they're going to have a Game of Thrones, another wave of Ghostbusters, Aliens, Predators. Oh, cool. I mean, another wave of He-Man, but they are coming out with Ghostbusters yeah. and WWE. So now, what do you guys think about the new Predator movie that's coming out? I can't get... Uh, I cannot get I excited saw, about it. I don't this. know enough about it to... Uh, I, I mean, I a watched, ten foot tall predator. I, I mean, I, got I don't no know. problem with it. Just, just by pure chance, uh, because it was on. Vo- I have a buddy that we share voodoo accounts. So don't say that loud, do one. Vo- we go voodoo. voodoo. No, the, the v- I share mine with five people. Yeah, we we have a buddy. Uh, what's up, Ortega? If you're listening, uh, we we connected our voodoo accounts, so all these movies will just show up what's a voodoo and voodoo is just an on like when you it's buy a walmart's movie, digital streaming service yeah so when you buy a movie and it says dv or blu-ray plus digital then you redeem that code at voodoo, gotcha. okay. right and so like predator was and i just recently re-watched predator and predator 2 which are great movies but i don't have time to bleed yeah i ain't got time to bleed yeah that was uh oh ventura yeah yeah uh, that spit tobacco tobacco on uh, Apollo's shoe. Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, "That's a real bad habit." No. Uh, anyway, all right. <laughs> I digress. Predator is like the Aliens franchise. After the first couple, they're just it's Terrible. just missing something. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not either for or against this new Predator. I don't really know much about it, but if they can capture 
they what can. they did in the first two. They won't. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> I, I don't know why is it so hard. It's it's like I don't understand. How do you why? mess up a Hulk movie, Hulk Smash, but yet they still mess them up? But how know? how do you go to Halloween three and totally screw the whole franchise? I don't know, man. That's I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I don't I don't get it honestly because it seems like the formula is pretty pure. But they're but anyway. making a brand new. Uh, they're rebooting uh, the thing again. No. That should be a movie that's never redone. That was so well, perfect. It was John Carp- it was well, well, it was done. Re- redone from the fifties, right? Yeah. The thing that and that was a good movie, a but good fifties. Who movie. goes there was the book that it right. was based on, and the Carpenter movie was much closer to the book than the, the first. The one Carpenter was. movie is, and I usually don't argue against remakes, but mm-hmm. it, 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 you can't touch what carpenter but that, did but the, the thing. but the remake that they did was good i didn't even see that with the female i didn't see that that one. was really good it was done well i'll look it up i forgot but, uh, they even did that to be on and to it's be good well uh anyway we'll see i mean I, i'm talking like ah, you're remaking the predator that's stupid but i'll end up getting out of red box or something you know whatever because i want to see what they did right so well, sure we'll yeah. yeah of course that's what we all do and then we yeah. say i knew it you're it's terrible they've got to have somebody I wasted look at a it. buck and a half guess what guess yeah. you're <laughs> one ugly mother trucker yeah speaking of yeah. that guess what i could say i could still have lived to my promise I've yet to see the new Fantastic Four movie. Good for you. Well, who wants to see that piece of crap? I don't think any of us have seen <laughs> Did it. Did you see I mean, they changed the whole concept well, of the, the it movie. Was, it's, I was listening earlier uh, around 4 o'clock, and y'all were talking about the CW shows. Yeah. Horrible. And they, they did – what they did with Fantastic Four – now, they didn't put the sexual preference – uh, gender politics into it, but they did go the CW route of we've got to have we got to have a black person, we got to have this, we got to have that, we got to have that, and 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 Fantastic Four has a very specific formula. It's it's uh, a family of an older guy, mm-hmm. Marvel's first family, yeah, a younger girlfriend, uh, her hot headed brother, and then you know like basically. Uh, ben, and Grimm, ben Grimm, who is who's he talks like he's uneducated, but he's Arr! actually yeah. Well, what the dad blamed, yeah. uh, but but he's actually really. I mean, he's a pilot and all this stuff. Yeah. There's a very specific formula with Fantastic Four that it works when you stick to that formula, and when you and they're adventurers, not superheroes first, right? Yeah. They're um, scientists, right? In fact, in fact they were based on Challengers of the Unknown from DC Comics, just like X Men was a rip of doom patrol but they went on to be bigger than you know what what got ripped off so mm-hmm. um anyway speaking of comic books i heard y'all talking about comic books earlier and i, I said did I gotta, you have a lot of coffee today it's that well it's the I'm, devil's I'm, juice. I'm sucking this devil juice <laughs> right here it's the got, monster it really Bango loco when you walked in man i you started your yeah. jaws he's about been to start working. spitting pea soup <laughs> yeah. but go ahead i i had a piece of trivia that I was going to throw out there that I thought about Go driving ahead. over. Do you know why they call them comic books? You know, I don't know that. Think about it. Because they're... My they're, grandpa called them funny books. Funny books. Mm-hmm. The reason why... Because they were like the cats of jam or kids were one of the first ones. Well, what they used to do way back, way back, we're talking like in the 30s, right? Okay, yeah. Comic strips. Comic strips. Comic books started as collections. Right. Of the comic strips in the newspapers. So they called them comic books and then funny books. 
at in comics. But then, so I was close, but the cats had jammed. You, you were, heads. yeah. Okay. And then uh, after a while, more genres and original content came along, but the name is just stuck. stuck you okay. know, even though it's been decades and decades, that's why they're called comics and funny books and comic books. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I like see. I like finding things out like that. Why things are called what they're called. There you go. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I had another. Uh, I had. A, did you see the uh, thing about? Uh, you were talking about The Shining during the break. Being that's your favorite, favorite, favorite uh, Stephen. The you bear. See? The bear? Did yeah. you see the bear got into the Stanley Hotel? It opened the door. Yeah. They were playing it on the news. Where did, did you see this day? What did it do? Tear it up? No, no it just, just walked around in and lobby. walked around. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the movie, the Stanley Hotel, is where they used to film for the Overlook in the movie okay. version. I keep thinking you're saying Stan Lee Hotel. Well, and I'm just stuck like No, Stanley. <laughs> Stanley. 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 Yeah. Uh, S-T-A-N-L-E-Y. Yeah. So anyway, this bear cruised in. In the middle of the night, there's 300 guests sleeping in their rooms, oh, and the wow. night clerk just filmed it wandering around in the in the lobby of the Stanley Hotel. And and what was really was crazy, it saying red drum, huh? Red drum. <laughs> it said honey. Yeah, what's yeah. the opposite of honey? Yeah. But but what's really creepy is a news crew went there and they were going down the hallway. Would be Yen Ho. And there was yeah Yen Ho, <laughs> and with the seeing it with its finger and. What's really creepy? You got to have a little bit of culture in you to understand, to understand some of the jokes saying. are going here. So it, there was no, yeah. And he opened up the elevator, and all kinds of honey spilled out of the elevator. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be. But what's really creepy is a news crew went to do a story on the bear, and they were going down the hallway. And there was an old black and white photo of the exact same bear <laughs> in the hallway. But there really was a bear. There really was a bear cruising. My around. question is: Did that bear have a bald butt? <laughs> <laughs> or was it, it was it the same bear in that one room? Yeah. With does that every, guy. Now, does everybody understand the bear butt bear? Well, the bear butt bear, the one I can think of is the Great Outdoors. There from, you go. Yeah, Very where, good. When they shoot it in the butt, when he's like bear, big bear, and then it smashes the door down <laughs> yeah. on him on Tom Candy or John yeah. Candy. John yeah. Candy. I saw that in the theater. Gosh, I still miss him. Do you remember what was on the boat in that movie? That big super-powered boat? No, I didn't. It said, suck my wake. <laughs> suck my, that's like eat my dust. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, suck my wake. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a break in. Come back. We'll finish it up. See, we'll, when we come back, we're going to let Tim Lim pick the topic. This is pick the topic He's going to talk about how much he loves Holtzman. No. Uh, about how much. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so they're doing a lot of these shows and doing remakes of them, uh, bringing them back on the television. I mean, look, Netflix did a good job with Lost in Space, and they're supposed to make some other changes back towards the old Lost in Space that came out during the 60s on the season two. But season two is now coming out to 2020. I, d- I don't get what Netflix does sometimes. I mean, 2020, that show is was a huge win for them and they're going to try to wait two years to do any more of it and then uh speaking of two what? years you know it was just a year ago that we just had game of thrones finale well there's another there's still and we're another, still wait, you know you know there's another what three episodes are going to be like an hour and a half mm-hmm. each now i think that it and this is this is just me shooting from the hip i think it's part of this whole golden age of television thing 
you know they talk about yeah, we, you know we're in a golden age of television like a second golden age uh and it's it's because they're like we're going to take our time and, and produce the highest quality we can rather than just getting something out now having said that i don't know how long it takes to make good tv you know or maybe it just takes a while to get all the actors and all the i i, I don't know uh but personally i'd rather them wait two years and put out a, another season that's really 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 good you know, and this is any show, not just. I haven't even seen the first season of Lost in Space on Netflix. Oh, it's really good. I still um, need to see that. Ton. Yeah. Now I'm it's a fun. huge fan of the '60s Lost in Space, and I honestly don't know if I would enjoy it without the camp factor. But there is no camp. There's no camp. I mean, I loved the camp of, of no, Lost this in Space. time. This time, it's yeah. it's played for seriousness. Yeah, and I, I love the robot. I love. I love. I mean, I could watch. I mean, find, they cha- and they changed the whole storyline basically. Right. Well, you know. It, if they deliver a good story, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm try, I try to be open-minded and, and judge things on their own merit. But what I loved about the original Lost in Space, I love Technicolor. I love the bright colors of Technicolor from the old 60s and stuff. Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will Robinson. Uh, and I loved the dynamic between Dr. Smith and the robot. And Dr. Smith is a female yeah. in the new Lost in Space and much more evil. Yeah, like really evil. Yeah. Well, now they the I did like the Lost in Space movie they did in the nineties. It's not a great movie, the Matt LeBlanc one. Yeah, it's fun and it has a lot of good special effects. Yeah. And Gary Oldman plays Doctor Smith, and he's good at it. Yeah, he's good. He's oily. He's slimy. But he walks in. He goes, "Never fear, Smith this is, is here." here. And yeah. I just I just love that. But so you know, I I can that was the campiness that you like. Yeah, never fear, Smith yeah, is here. You get yeah. That. But if you if if anyone's never done this, I can't recommend enough. Go to YouTube and look for a compilation of the Doctor Doctor Smith and the original robot from the sixties trading. Oh, insults. Oh, it was great trading insults. Have you ever seen any of that? No. no. Oh, it's I didn't grow up real, with Lost in Space. Oh, it's so funny. No, Lost in Space yeah. was a great for the era because yeah. America was into the space race and all right. of that stuff. So it it was a great show. Space it was Force. a lot of fun. Space and Force. Speaking of, <laughs> is are you are you done with your? Uh, no. So we were going to we were going to end it today, but what happened was we got those three media hits one after the other: Gateway Pundit, Breitbart, and um, I forgot what the other one was, but we had three of them back after back after back. Come on, it's a it's the big. It's the big conservative magazine, dude. <laughs> it might be, yeah. No, no, because it was that yeah, the, all the, the guy that came on the show a few weeks ago. Wrote the article. Yeah, John De La Rose. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what happened was, I mean, we shot up like overnight. And so we, I think currently we're sitting at 62K. Oh, wow. Good. You yeah. did take off. We did. And so now we extended it for another um, eight days. So we'll be going until the following Sunday. That's so good. next week, I'll next Sunday. I'll, and I'll, I'm doing a crowdfunding roundup on my show tomorrow. So I'll throw oh, cool. that out there okay. too. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mitch. Mitch yeah. is number three now. Yeah, just yeah. finished 167. Yeah, K. Mitch has been this afternoon and today he's been sending out a lot of you know thank you type tweet. There's a lot of people that you know got behind him. He'll so. be back here in a couple couple he'll, of weeks. He can just you say had, he'll be back? Yeah, he had a couple of things he had to take and care of. His project is still tired. ongoing. So um, yeah. if, even if you missed out on the campaign, you can still buy the I, books. These these Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns. He's probably mentally him and Betty and probably Mark to a certain extent are probably wiped out. I mean, that's 
Mark's a, not. He, he, not. He did his work, and so yeah, so he's done. He's, yeah, he's so done. he's not really. But I know Mitch is. I would wear you out. I wouldn't want to be in Mitch's place where I've got to do all of those drawings. Yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm doing right now. And like, there's a lot of them today. I'm finishing the last page for Trump Space Force, but immediately my next project starting tomorrow is I'm doing another crowdfunding book with this other team, and it's called Cash Grab. <laughs> Cash grab. Yeah. So Is it about politicians? No. It's oh, about okay. it's about two sleazy guys who In the comic book industry. In the comic book industry. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'd like a sleazy knockoff of the last um, Avengers movie. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think Russ didn't like the last Avengers no, movie. No, he didn't like it because it, it set you up and you had to go see the last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if, if they want you to want, want see Speaking the, next of the last movie. Avengers movie. You know what's something I never noticed until I watched it the other day? Half of them die? <gasps> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cole Obsidian, which they changed his name because I guess they thought it was racist because in the comics his name is the Black Dwarf. He's wearing Captain Marvel's sash on his belt. Mm-hmm. Who? I never noticed that in the theater. The giant somebody Peter posted Dinklage. that. No, uh, the, uh, Cole Obsidian. He's one of the bad guys. When, oh, okay. when Tony, Cole Obsidian, yeah. Mm-hmm. When Tony and Doctor Strange are fighting those guys in the street and, and he's talking to Bruce Banner, he's like, come on, man, you're embarrassing me because the Hulk won't come out. One of those big opponents, I think it's... Um, He's the big guy with the hammer. Yeah, yeah up some, gets his hand cut off. Yeah, I saw somebody post that. They, they posted a screen cap, yeah, and, and they think that they kind of put a Captain Marvel Easter egg in there. Okay, so, so I wanted to make sure that you knew that you did not get a Pinocchio on that. You were not lying. Zach is over in the other studio and shaking his hand, head, yes, you are exactly correct. I don't know if they did. If I just didn't notice it in the theater, or if they added it for the home video. It was so release. quick. I mean, you wouldn't. There's so much other stuff going well, it, on. It was even even in the Battle of Wakanda. He's yeah. he still got it on. But you, I mean, there's so much stuff going on. You, you, you got it anyway. So I, I think you it was gotta there go in the frame by frame. Yeah. I'm not going to watch that movie anyway, so it's not going to matter. But the new event, the frame by frame, no Captain Marvel. Oh, why not? Because I don't like that character. Really, I like that's Brie Larson that's playing that. Part yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I, she's I like the, she's bad. She though. was, but she's the one from uh, King Kong. You should like her. No, that she was the worst part about King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> when Tim doesn't like something, I, like I stick it. to my guns. When I don't you like don't something, like I right. don't like it. All right, we're out of time, guys. We'll get reconvene as the, the group in about a couple Thank of weeks. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate so, Mitch it. Baron, appreciate you tomorrow, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. Shane, Shane plays, plays Radio. Yes, sir. And looking over, Josh, thank you for coming all the way from Forrest Smith. You're welcome. Thank you. And, of course, Tim Lim. Thank you. Love you coming in as often as you can. Dave Ellswick Show. See you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 